All right, I started recording. Let's see if this is coming. Okay, this is coming through. Just give me something. Just talk to me. As soon as you started doing that, my connection got really shitty. All right, no, you're coming through, though. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. We're good. We're okay. Good. We're good. Now, it's par- good. part two, Ladyocast. It's the goulash. I got to make sure this is fucking going. Oh, dude, you have Buddy Lee Parker on his show? All right, now I got to check to see if this is coming over on the rant, so you got to give me a second. This is. Oh, crazy. take your time, brother. Fuck, that's all we got is time, right? Rant. That's it. Well, dude, we'll come in hot at seven with the funker. You know, because here's the thing, like, I haven't had to do this in Ladiocast. Okay, it says we're, it's, I think it says we're live. Let me just listen. Are we live? Hey, people, are we live? Let me see. I don't know what the fuck. Where, how do I listen to I this? don't know. Come on, click, you fucker. Click it. Click it or ticket. God damn it. Tickets. Fucking. What's going on here? Shit. How much shit do you have running on here, Rant? Here we go. Let's see. Is this us? Is this awesome? Do we have a, we have like a live like whenever I go to our website? Yes, like we do. All, all of a sudden, like something just starts playing, and I have no idea wait, what's wait, happening. Wait. Fucking, what's going on? Here? Shit! How much shit do you? Have? All right, good. It's live. Fucking a, we're live on the rant, rantiumradio.com. But now I gotta fucking get live on everything else. Oh yeah, Kevin. Last but not least, Facebook. Oh, this, the I hope, book. I hope this is episode five thirty six. We're too handsome not to be on Facebook. Shining Wizards 536. Is it 536? I hope so. Might as well be. Alan Funk. Alan Kwee-wee. Funk joins Funkadelics. us. Oh, you could call him Kwee-wee if you want. You could open that can of worms. Well, that's that's what he's that's what his gimmick was. I, I understand, but you know, I don't I don't know if he's the Kwee-wees now anymore. Isn't he just Alan Funk? Isn't he the Funker now? I don't know. We'll talk about it. All right, Kev. Give me two seconds. Oh, I think we're going to be live best. on Facebook. I think it's working. I think it's working. Take a sip for the working man here. This is crazy. I'm going to have to fucking do editing. I don't want to do editing. <laughs> Why? This is gold. This is gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> gold, Jerry. Why do they call it Ovaltine? The mug is round. The jar is round. They should call it Roundtine. <laughs> gold, Jerry. Gold. I don't know why. It sounds like so echoey. But hopefully he's not recording. Probably because I was talking to Kenny Banya. Yes. Okay, we're here. Let me just click this to get to this. Let me mute this. Kevin, holy shit. We're live everywhere. And we've got a loaded show for you tonight on The Shining Wizards. We've got Alan Funk, a.k.a. Kiwi, joining us. We are live everywhere. Kev, what else we got to put in the intro before we start this bad boy up? Oh, man, a whole lot of wrestling, man. We got NWA, When Your Shadow Falls. We have... Ring of Honor, we have NXT, we have AEW Dynamite post pay-per-view Dynamite, right? And that's what it is. It was, yeah. I think so. so. I don't yeah, know. I didn't first... watch it anyway, so you could tell me what happened. Oh, well, listen, well, hopefully Matt will join us for that because I didn't watch that either. So <laughs> all that in next on episode 536, hopefully, of the Shiny sure. Wizards, baby. Woohoo! The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on RantiumRadio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at ShiningWizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at Merch.ShiningWizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at Amazon.ShiningWizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Eddie Kingston, Jakar's Grand Champion, and I'm you listen to my people's a Shining Wizards podcast, shiningwizards.com. 
gentlemen, your two-man army is back. It's Tony and Kevin representing the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Live on the Facebook, facebook.com slash wizards podcast. Live on the rant, rantemradio.com. Live in your earbuds wherever you go via the podcast. We love you all the same. We love you for joining us. Kev, what do we talk about? Wrestling talk? I think it's wrestling talk and there's something else. There's something else. It's wrestling talk and talk about weather. Local news, Kevin. Local news. The thing talk that about Matt local loves the news. I thought that. Talk about <laughs> orangutans? Orangutans, baby. Now, are they talk monkeys? Ab- or they're not considered monkeys, right? They're considered talk apes. About, talk about street signs? Stop I signs? I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, you know what, Tony? I think I know what it is. It's wrestling talk, and it's talk about wrestling, baby. We are back. Correct! Ding! Episode 536. All right. I will take your word for it, Tony. <laughs> Kev, we Big got... show, buddy. Well, uh, Kev, um, I don't know if you're ready to jump right into it, but it seems like our featured guest for the evening is already in queue. Start off hot, baby. Let's, Let's jump in it. hot. Let's do it. I can't. I can't. Honestly, like I was telling you earlier, it's a pleasure to talk to our upcoming guest. He's, he should be joining us right now. Let's see. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, you may know him as Kiwi, but we know him as the Funker himself, Mr. Alan Funk. Alan, I don't know if you joined us yet, if you can hear us. How you doing tonight, brother? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me, man? We got you loud and clear, man. Loud and clear. How are you on this hot as balls evening, at least where we are tonight? Where were you at? We are in Jersey. We are just outside of New York City, and it was about 90 degrees today for the third day in a row. Shit, you know, I'm down in Atlanta, Georgia, man. You know it's hot down here. Oh, good <laughs> lord. Good it's God. probably hot in February down there. Yeah, it, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, guys? Oh, we're good, man. We are so good. We're very happy to have you here. Let me get this question right out of the way right now. You have, your show. You have your show funked up. Does this mean now? That you're gonna save all the good stuff for your podcast, and you're not gonna give shows like us any of the good nah, stuff. No, no, not at all, man. I, I I'll say whatever, whenever. <laughs> so you're very, you're a very outspoken guy, I take it. Uh, usually, yeah. So what? Yeah, do you- I don't hold nothing back. That's for sure. All right. So wow. See that? That's great to know right off the bat. So what? Let me ask you this though. I'm spitballing. Who is? The one person, in, maybe in WCW or in the business, that has pissed you off the most? The most? Uh, at, at one point, I'd probably say Perry Saturn. Him and I got into it over something stupid. And, uh, you know, he, I was kind of a young guy, so I had to, you know, I had to uh, stand up. It was uh, actually at the Georgia Dome in front of Chris Canyon, uh, Glacier, Goldberg, and a few other uh, power plant guys. I called him out uh, at in uh, catering backstage and uh he kind of disrespected me so you know i stood up and said you want to fight let's go motherfucker you know i'm not gonna sit there and let you talk to me like that and then he didn't know what to do because he thought i was just gonna kiss his ass so you know after that him and i became good friends i was gonna say tough guy is the reputation true he's a tough guy uh i i mean i couldn't i don't know from experience uh i know when i stood up and challenged him he didn't want fucking nothing to do with me and uh not that i'm the toughest guy in the world but i'm not gonna sit there and you know, take shit from people. How common is that, by the way, in like in backstage? Like, how often do people challenge each other and and eventually actually go at it? Well, I, I tell you, man, it it probably happens a lot more than you, than you hear about. Uh, 
like that situation there, I don't think really anybody talked about it. Once it was over with, it was over with. Uh, I don't think too many people knew that situation even happened, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, at the time it just was there. And then, you know, after it's over, it's kind of like when, when I grew up, when you're a kid, you fight with somebody, then, you, you know, you guys are sitting at lunch together talking afterwards. You know, you just got to get out of your system. Yeah, 100%. All right, so let's let's talk about your career. We want to uh, obviously promote your show, uh, uh, the new podcast. How is that going for you, the new show? Because you you've, been, you've had some pretty good guests. You've been going for a couple of weeks now. How's that working out for you? Yeah, yeah. This this week will be uh, week number seven. It's uh, live uh, on Thursday nights at seven p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's on uh, MWA World on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, I've had some great guests, man. You know, fortunately, I've been lucky enough in this business where I kept in contact with people, and I was always pretty cool with most people uh so you know i had molly holly on last week and that's a you know that's a hell of a guest man she's one of the nicest people in the world man and i loved having her on and she didn't have any trouble doing it at all man she was happy to do it yeah certified obviously hall of famer now uh you can't find anyone that says a bad word about molly holly and apparently now she's been rumored to maybe having a, a job as a producer in wwe now can you think of anyone that would be more deserving of that role than molly holly uh, shoot, not too many people. I mean, you know, there, uh, there's a lot of people in the wrestling business that deserve it, yeah. But uh, as far as a person goes, man, you can't beat, you know, Nora. Uh, she, you know, she's first class, man. She's blue collar. She's, you know, she never forgot where she came from, no matter how famous she got. And uh, she's unbelievable, man. So yeah. when she came in to to WCW at the time, I believe she was like Miss Madness. I think that yeah. was her name. Yeah, Miss Madness 99. Yeah, so you were, you were there at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's when I became friends with her, and I've been friends with her ever since. Yeah. So, what what was uh what was that role like for her? Because she ended up being like such like a good worker and like like the great hand that you always want to see. What was her take on being that Miss Madness like wave with the sash and all that stuff? Oh, she. I mean, she liked it. Uh, as far as I know, she's never told me otherwise. Uh, she, you know, and she was a great worker then. She just didn't yeah. get to do much. And I don't know if you remember. She did a thing where she did a, you know, she wasn't wearing shoes. She did a flying drop, you know, drop kick off the top rope and hit. I can't remember who it was. And then that's when Bobby Heenan's like, oh man, look at it. This girl can do something. And then, you know, then she had some matches on the, on the uh, Saturday night, the WCW Saturday night. And then, you know, she started working a little bit, but man, she, as far as female wrestlers go, she, in my book, she's top three, if not better of all time in the, in the wrestling business. We are on right now with, of course, Alan Funk. You may know him as Kiwi. The show is Get Funked with Alan Funk. It's on the MWA Podcast Network, facebook.com-mwaworld1. Uh, of course, he's on the Twitter at AlanFunk5, facebook.com slash FunkAllen. Um, you mentioned we we're talking about Molly Holly right now, and I got a chance to listen to your episode with her. Um, I know you had problems with Perry Saturn, but it sounded like you guys were just having some fun with some big shots that were walking into the power plant back in the day as well. Well, yeah, you know, whether a lot of, a lot of people came through there, whether it be, you know, pro bodybuilders, you know, pro football players, Bob Sapp was, went through there. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys know who Bob Sapp is. He used to wrestle, in, you know, and, and he was actually fighting, you know, in Japan there for a while in pride and stuff. But uh, he used to play pro football. He come down there. Uh, you know, we, we had people from, you know, all different sports, hockey, baseball, uh so we 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 you know we got to pick there there was a bunch of american gladiators in there we beat the shit out of and uh i always told everybody i said man we ought to get on american gladiators there's no doubt in my mind i would have won that show i would have beat the shit out of all those guys <laughs> the joust <laughs> oh dude the, the, uh, honestly mike hearn 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know who Mike Hurden was. He was on the Gladiators. Of course. He was, and I got no disrespect for Mike, but I got to tell you, man, that when he was down at the power plant, he was one of the biggest pussies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we, and, and I swear to God, if I would have went on American Gladiators, they would have kicked me off that show because I would have made him look stupid. And I, I'm just being honest because my cardio was ridiculous back then. And uh, I, I was crazy. I'm crazy. That's why Paul Orndorff liked me. I got a little bit of, you know, I'm mentally crazy sometimes, you know, but I, I, can, I, I call it controlled chaos. Oh, you fit right in with us. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, I just, when I get into that mood in the power plant and, you know, competitive mood, I, I mean, especially in the power plant, dude, there wasn't nobody walking in my house and telling me that, you know, what they were going to do. So we don't hear a whole lot of stories. I mean, I feel like more and more, like the more uh, professional wrestlers that start getting into like the podcast game or the, or the YouTube game, you, um, you hear more and more stories about the power plant uh, going on. What was the experience like at the power plant? Was it a good, a solid foundation to become a professional wrestler? Oh yeah, it was awesome, man. But I tell you what, it, they probably looking back on it, they, it was so brutal that I'm sure that they have lost several good athletes that could have been good wrestlers that just didn't, they couldn't make it through. I mean, it was, it was that brutal. And when I, when I tell people that nobody really believes me, uh, they, you know, cause you know, when, when people tell a story, they were involved in it. Of course, people are going to say, well, he's probably making a little bit of that up because he went through it and this and that, but I got to be honest with you, man. And if you listen to the Molly Holly podcast, she had no idea uh, well, I mean, she knew how rough it was, but she didn't realize she was talking about a situation when they had camera crews down there. It was 10 times worse than it normally was. Well, down at the old power plant before she got there, it was that bad every day. I mean, it was it was brutal every day. Like, you had guys, you know, that not even wanting to show up because they didn't want to get beat up every day, man. We took a lot of stupid bumps, you know, and, and just did a lot of – that's why our cardio, like me, Elix Skipper, Chuck Palumbo, Mark Jindrak, Reno – all these guys, dude, when we used to start doing the WCW Saturday night tapings, all the guys in the back, you know, like Kidman, uh, I mean, all the top guys, Goldberg, all these guys like, shit, we're not wrestling none of you guys. We can't keep up with you because our cardio was so ridiculous. Do you think so you just you just rattled off a lot of names that I because I love despite what everyone says about that last little couple of years of WCW, I loved every single name that you just rattled off. Chuck Palumbo. Yeah, all the natural born thrillers. Rena, yeah, all yourself. Um do you think if WCW had been in a better place at that time, these guys, yourself included, would have had such a, uh, maybe a better name? Oh, dude, you know what? When uh, Eric Bischoff came in there, if he would have bought that company, dude, I'd be, you know, I'd be a millionaire right now, no doubt in my mind. Uh, Eric was great, man. He was trying to take over the company when, when Vince actually came in and bought it. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but he, he was there probably for the last month. You know, he, he took over the shows, man. He was he was the guy in charge. He was going through a transition of buying. And uh, it, it was going to be great for me. So uh, I'm kind of, you know, I obviously I, I would have wanted that to happen because he used to, I, I told the story a couple times. I don't know if you heard it. Uh, Jane Engel was one of the uh, uh, lawyers for WCW. So she came in the locker room one night and got me. And uh, normally that never happens. So, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of young and, you know, we're still trying to get a spot on TV and this and that. And uh, when Jane Engel came to, to the locker room and said, hey, I need to talk to Alan Funk, you know, and so uh, I walked out and I said, hey, Janie, what's going on? She's like, hey, Mr. Bischoff would like to see you in his office. And I was like, you know, I'm thinking, man, this could either be really good or it could be really bad because it never happened to me before. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So I go to Bischoff's office. I sit down and uh, he starts talking to me, man. He said, hey, man, listen, he goes, he goes, you 
do everything you're supposed to. You got a great body. You're always on time. You, you know, you do what you're told. He said, I'm going to make you a superstar. He goes, you're going to be my next big guy, man. He's, you know, he said, I'm going to make you a lot of money. He said, you're going to get a raise and all this and that. So he, of course I'm, you know, I'm all in, man. I'm, I'm fired up. Uh, he did this for about three, four consecutive weeks. He did this to me every week. And then the first week he did it though, he said, uh, I need you to do a, uh, uh, a favor for me. I said, what's that? He said, I need you to put Rick Steiner over. Cause at this time, Rick Steiner, everybody thought was kind of weak a little bit. So uh, he goes, he goes, you put Rick Steiner over making look like a million dollars, man. And he goes, this is going to be a start of something good. So, you know, of course I'm going to do what I'm told. You know, I'm still trying to keep my job, you know, I'm not going to rock yeah. the boat. So, uh, you know, I put Steiner over that night, you know, real big, we had a pretty good match and uh, Bischoff came back afterwards and gave me a big hug. and was like, dude, that was awesome. man. that's exactly what I needed. So, you know, he knew that I was a team player and I was going to do what he needed. So, uh, you know, that's why, like I said, for about three, four weeks after that, up until the time Vince bought the company, man, he was, he was high on me, man. And, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about Eric. And, you know, every time I see him, he's always real cool with me. So, you know. So in your time in WCW, how many bosses did you have? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> Eric was there when I first got there. And then it was, it was, uh, then we started doing the power play at guys, Mike Sanders, Mark Jindrak, and a couple other guys, Elitz. We were doing the Bishop, Bischoff Russo security, RV security is what it was called. We were wearing the, the security yeah. t-shirts, you know, and, uh, you know, we had, you know, we had Bischoff, then we had, uh, uh, Russo was pretty much kind of, I guess, one of our bosses, but, it, but it's, see, I, you know, we had so many, we had Terry Taylor telling us what to do. We had Paul Waldorf, Sarge telling us what to do. We had JJ Dillon, Jimmy Hart telling us what to do. So I, I mean, quite a few bosses. Yeah. Jimmy Hart. Well, you know, Jimmy Hart was, uh, he kind of, the, the uh, WCW guys on the Saturday night show was kind of like his boy, you yeah, know, he yeah. kind of, he kind of like, you know, he, he, uh, it wasn't like he was our mentor or anything, but he kind of wanted to see us do good. So he tried to help us out as much as he could, uh, whether he could help us out or not. There, there was a, there was a couple guys he helped out more than others, but you know, he just, for whatever reason, you know, you know how the favoritism thing goes. Uh, I just never, I, I wasn't really a guy that kissed their ass. I did what I was told and stuff, and I thought that was good enough because I worked my ass off. All right, so I'm sure you've told the story a million times on your show and in other, other podcasts and the vehicles, but just for our audience's sake, what was your opinion of the Kiwi character when it was pitched to you? How did that come about? Were you, were you just happy to get a shot? Just go into that for us, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. well, of course, of course I'm happy to get a shot. Uh, it, it started me and Mike Sanders were going to gimmick. We uh, called ourselves the double A team. Yeah, the, re, the, re, the, 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 the reinforcers. Yeah, we used to come out, and Mike was actually afraid to talk on a mic, you know, and then you saw what he ended up doing. He, he had, like, freaking 20 segments on Nitro talking on the mic the whole time. <laughs> so, but if you, if you ever watch any of old tapes, if you like watching old tapes, it's funny. And Mike Sanders is a great guy, dude. I'm still good friends with him to this day. He, it, it was so funny watching me talk on a mic, and you could see him lip-syncing everything I'm saying behind me. His shit was funny. <laughs> if you watch it, it's pretty yeah. funny. So, yeah. uh, and me and him laugh about that all the time. Cause then, like I said, he came, you know, he was on the mic and he was pretty good on the mic and he loved it. So, uh, uh, so we were doing that gimmick. So me and Mike are walking through an airport and I think it was like in West Virginia. So, uh, Terry Taylor and, uh, Russo was in the airport and we walked by and I actually had my hair spiked up. I started spiking my hair up just cause it was something different. And then I kept letting it grow and grow. So they actually saw me in the airport and was like, what the fuck? You wear your hair like that for real? <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, I'm trying to be different. I got to get noticed. And they were like, you know what? We, we've been thinking about something for you. And uh, 
come to the next show, come talk to me and we're going to talk about it. So I was like, okay, cool, man. I'm thinking, you know, they, they might be working on something finally for me and, you know, but I like doing the double A team, man. I wish me and Mike could have done something with that. Cause I think that would have been a good, a good thing. But, uh, cause I, you remember the line, it only takes two of us to do what it took for you to do. And we don't even need a horse. It was so fun doing that game with Mike. Cause you know, we came up in the business and we were good friends. We traveled together and, you know, you know, my wife knew his wife and, you know, we always went to each other's house. So it was kind of cool, you know? So, uh, so then, uh, the next show I go to, sorry, man, I get off track so quick. No, we love off track on this show. Don't worry about it, brother. You're good. So, you all so um, yeah, man. So, uh, so then I go to the show. I talked to, uh, Russo pitching me this idea about this character. He wants me to act like he said, listen, do me a favor, go buy these Saturday Night Live tapes and look at this character. Chris Catan was doing, he was doing the manga. Oh, he said, I want you to act like this mango character. And I, I never, I hadn't been watching Saturday Night Live up to that point. I used to watch it all the time when I was younger, but uh, I just hadn't been watching. I've been busy doing other stuff. So I got, I went to the mall and bought a VHS tape of this, this Chris Catan character, this mango. So I, he wanted me to act like that, but he also had, I think his cousin or something on the show was David Spade, which was Kiwi. So, um, he wanted me to kind of do both of their characters and watch it and stuff. So I watched a few of the episodes. So, you know, I told him, I, 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 and I wasn't comfortable doing this at all, because not that I have anything against gay people, that's fine. I, I, you know, to each his own, but I, ju I just didn't think I did it right. I got a weird voice for it, and I can't do, I just can't talk like I'm gay. You know, and I didn't think it was convincing enough. That's the only kind of reason I really didn't want to do it. But I really didn't have any other choice. That was my way to get on TV, and, you know, I had to take what I was given, you know. So uh, so I started doing the thing. And the thing is, the problem with this whole gimmick was they, I don't think they really had any direction. They kind of just threw stuff together. So they they give me uh, BB, which was uh, Barbara Bush in WWE, uh, Kathy Dingman. Do you remember her? Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember BB. I don't remember her with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she come in for the first two. Uh, we did a couple of vignettes uh, backstage at the wardrobe. She was like iron and stuff. If you want, and they're on YouTube, you can see them. Okay. Uh, people don't really recognize her because she her name was Papaya. So uh, she did a couple pre-tapes with us uh, and I was happy with her because she's kind of big and, and she's got big boobs and she's good looking. And uh, so I'm thinking, you know, so, you know, they want me to be kind of gay, but what they told me was if you get any gay chance, you're off TV immediately. So I'm thinking, man, you guys are setting me up for failure because I'm wearing pink. I got glitter. I'm talking like, you know, a real soft spoken voice, which I don't think sounds gay at all, but you know, they, they liked it. So, you know, I was doing whatever they wanted. So I'm thinking to myself, at least give me this big boob, good looking chick might help me not get gay chance, which I think it really did. So she was only with me for two weeks. Well, she was engaged to Bob Holly. He was so jealous of her that he wouldn't let her come out of the locker room. We couldn't even like work together because she'd only come out when it was time to videotape or, you know, whenever we had to shoot something. So uh, she didn't last very long, two weeks, I think it was. And uh, I'm actually still good friends with Kathy this day. Uh, so then they get Mark Madden brings this freaking stripper from Pittsburgh with him. The member Mark Madden, the announcer. Yeah, of course. So he, br he brings this big boob stripper that really didn't have much of a body other than freaking huge tits, you know? <laughs> so, so she, and I'm married at the time. So she, she comes out wearing this little, little tight ass pink skirt where, I mean, it, she had to keep pulling it down because it kept coming up to her panties. So I end up picking her up, walking to her, the ring, kiss like French kissing her the whole time, all the way down the ramp to the ring. And uh, my ex-wife had a fucking fit, bro. Oh, uh, she was ready for a divorce after that shit. So, uh, 
So I'm, you know, then I got the stripper after I had BB, which I was happy with. Then I had the stripper. Then and, and then all of a sudden she just disappears. I guess she's stuck at the strip club. Mark Madden can't bring her one week. I don't know. Well, so so that, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So then you know, so they bring me uh, Paisley. So we're gonna have you guys are gonna start. Uh, Paisley's gonna come down to wardrobe. She's gonna ask for her wardrobe or something. Then she's gonna. They they wanted Kiwi to have some kind of stigma about him, where even guys would look at me and go. That's a good looking son of a bitch, you know, and then the women would fall in love with me. That's kind of what the idea was. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, so then the first time I don't even remember Paisley come down to wardrobe was looking for something. And she just looks at me and is like, oh, Quee Wee. And, uh, you know, so, <laughs> so then, you know, so then I start having a few with uh, Prince Ikea, which me and Mike were great friends, dude. I, I love working with Mike. It, it was great. They let me beat him on Nitro in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, then then Paisley start, you know, being my valet. And then I don't know what happened to Mike. He just got released and just fell off the face of the earth. I never heard of nothing, another thing about him. So, uh, yeah, so then I had Paisley at this point. So that's kind of how the Kiwi character started. So then they kept Paisley with me for the duration. I think there, I think there's such an underrated chemistry that you and Paisley had, who I guess we all, we all know as like Charmel now, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Booker T's wife. But She's I great. That chemistry was like, Again, I just I just wish that if WCW wasn't in the state that it was at the time, you and her together could have been like a big act, like a big oh yeah, it, it was cool. She loved doing it. I loved doing it. You know, and I like sometimes she wouldn't get booked on stuff, and she'd call me up upset, and then I would make a phone call, and yeah, I got her on. Uh, I think it was the Australia tour or something we went on. She wasn't even booked on it. I'm like, and I called. Uh, I I might have called Paul. I can't remember who I called. But, you know, I was like, listen, she's my valet. You guys got us doing this. If we're going to do it, why the hell is she not going? And then, and I was kind of hesitant to do that because, I mean, I really wasn't in a position to call up and start demanding shit, which I did it, you know, the proper way. I didn't just call up and say, listen, Paisley's going with me or, you know, you got, you know, I, I asked why and I wondered why she wasn't on a tour and asked if she could get on it and, you know, to try to help my character. And, and I, they kind of agreed and they, they put her, I think it was the Australia tour she went on. All right, so this this time in WCW is very weird in terms of the characters that they're trying to to instill on TV. So you had you, and again, the timeline might not be 100% accurate, but you had the maestro. You had the artist formerly known as Prince Ayake. Yeah, yeah. Well, the maestro all- was right a little bit before me, and I think by the time I got on TV, it was kind of fading out. Okay. And then even a, a team that you'll eventually be a part of later on, the Lenny and Lodi uh, yeah, yeah. stuff. So you had all that stuff going on. Do you think this was too much too fast for WCW trying to change their narrative? Uh, you know, you know, the, I, no, I don't think it was too much. What I think what it was, was you had all the older guys that didn't want to concede to the younger guys. So there was an inner struggle, I guess you could call it with nobody ever wanted. The only people that really wanted to work with the, with the uh, new guys is like Kevin Nash and DDP. Uh, if you know, if you remember, they would always work with the natural born tillers, try to put them over. The um, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I, they started having me do an angle where I'd call Ric Flair out every week. I don't know if you remember that. And I'd come out and beat people out of the audience or whatever. And uh, that, that's the kind of character I wanted the angry Allen character. I wanted my whole career just to be angry Allen. Cause like I tell everybody, I'm kind of a mixture of a wrestler between Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero and, and like Chris Jericho. And I believe ha- having given the opportunity to be angry Alan Funk, I could have been I could have been a top guy. I'd still be in WWE, man. There's no doubt in my mind. I think um, I think your involvement with Ric Flair probably was most noted 
when you took the quote unquote spear her around the world to the greatest spear when Goldberg yeah, yeah. speared you coming off the ropes because then Ric Flair comes out and Mike Sanders was at ringside doing commentary and it led to a whole yeah, thing yeah. with them and he caught the spear and the jackhammer too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that uh, that spear was awesome, man. Uh, it actually hurt me, but uh, I knew beforehand. Like me and Bill talked, and uh, I used to train with Bill at the power plant. You know, I knew Bill pretty well. Uh, Bill's a great guy to hang out with, but doing business wise with him, it's fucking like pulling teeth, man. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, when when and no disrespect to Bill, but it really is. Uh, you know, Bill's a big guy. He he. He, you know, everything he does, it's calculated, uh, which I understand because he was over. But uh, the problem with that is I didn't compare it to me going to Japan like I tell the story all the time. I, I worked a match with the Great Mood in Japan. If anybody knows the Great Mood in Japan, he's a god over there. He can't even walk down the street. He's so popular. That's how popular this guy is. I, I remember working a match with Great Mood. He said I went in the back because I was in awe that I'm actually working Great Mood in the main event. So, and that's when I was with all Japan pro wrestling at the time. So I go in the locker room. I ask Muda, you know, I'm, I'm like, Hey, yes, Muda, Muda son. Yes. Uh, I, I work you tonight. You know? And he's like, ah, yes. Sit down, Funkster. Yes, Funkster. Have a seat. So, you know, I'm sitting there with him and Muda's like, he goes, yes, Funkster. Uh, I said, so what do you want to do, Muda? Uh, you know? And uh, he's like, ah, yes, Funkster. I, I get you over Funkster. Muda gets Funkster over. You do all your special moves to Muda. Muda do nothing. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I was sitting there going, no fucking way. So he's like, he, he's like, yes. He goes, because it was my first tour there. He goes, listen, nobody knows Funkster. No, you know, no disrespect, but Muda gets you over. Muda want to get Funkster over. Yes, you do all special moves of Muda. Muda will take all your moves. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, in comparing that to Goldberg in the States, I mentioned something. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, kid. I'm not selling shit. You know, and I'm like, look, motherfucker, don't sell it. I don't give a fuck. I'm just trying to make a suggestion. But uh, that's the difference in cultures and it's different. And, and that's why a lot of shit in WCW didn't work because you had guys that didn't want to work with you. It's a fucking work. It's not, I don't give a shit if you own Obaki's fucking fight school and you think you're a tough guy. It's wrestling business. It's a work. You got to work with each other, man. That's why a lot of shit didn't work in WCW. Holy shit, what a story. I was telling Kevin before we started, one of my low-key favorite moments... And I think it should get a lot more love than it that it does get. Uh, during the last WCW pay-per-view, your match against Jason Jett. Oh, uh, dude, unbelievable, right? Off the charts. It's still That's the best match on that fucking card, in my opinion. 100%. 100%. It, I mean, it's, it, we weren't even booked on that card. I went down to Florida to watch a couple of my buddies, Steve Kleine, pitch for the Cardinals. Uh, so we went down a couple of spring training games, me and a couple other guys, Haku. And, you know, we met Bet Greaves. He played for Tampa Bay. Uh hung out with them and uh, hung out with Houston Astros down there. Uh, and yeah, I, we just were down there and I was booked on nitro, not knowing it was going to be the last nitro. So I'm driving from the baseball games, wherever we're driving up to Jacksonville for the pay-per-view. Kevin Nash calls us and said, man, he goes, Hey man, uh, Vince just bought fucking WCW. And we're like, I, I didn't register. I'm like, Vince, Vince who? Like, you know, Vince, Vince who? <laughs> And uh, I'm thinking Vince Russo, you know, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's like, no, McMahon bought fucking WCW. I was like, holy shit. And then I was, I got excited. Then I got nervous because I'm like, I said, what do you think that's going to mean for me? He goes, well, as far as I know, he's picking up your contracts and stuff. But other than that, I couldn't tell you anything. So we go to the pay-per-view, not even booked on the card. Me and Jason Jets here. He's not booked on it either. Uh, 
we're walking around backstage, you know, talking to people, doing the normal shit, you know. Uh, then they come up to me and said, hey, you, uh, we need you guys on the card tonight. You want to you work? And I said, yeah, who am I working? He said, you want to work Jason Jett? I said, fuck yeah, I'll be it on the card. And he's like, well, you want to put him over? And I'll put anybody over. I don't give a shit. I don't think I hardly want a match in WCW, to be honest with you. So I was like, what the fuck's the difference than any other night? Hell yeah, I'll put him over. So, uh, you know, me and Jason Jett, you know, we're both good athletes. We had a hell of a fucking match. We, you know, we worked out everything we were going to do. Uh, and, uh, man, we, we tore the fucking roof off that building for not even getting booked on that card. And everybody in the back even was like, God dang, that match was awesome, man. And everybody's like, hey, that's going to be hard to follow, you know. And it absolutely was. And it, it was crazy because I don't – my memory might be off, but I don't really remember Jason Jett working WCW all that much, if at all, before that, did he? Yeah, yeah he beat uh, Alex Wright. Uh, I think he might have beat Disco on Nitro or Thunder or something. Uh, he, he wrestled a few matches. Okay, but but it was later on, like, you know, like, um, you know, long after you had been established there. Like yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was right before that – pay-per-view the up the couple weeks late at the pay-per-view he wrestled on nitro and thunder i know i remember him i thought he beat alex Wright, and he may have beat disco and i want to say maybe somebody else oh it's completely possible completely possible no, no, yeah, he was he was there he had a, he had a nice little run i think he was actually attacked he was in ecw first wasn't he yeah yeah but they put him over as soon as he got there man oh. jeremy borash loved that fucker and they just got him in the door and he was fucking beating everybody i think all right so i may be completely off and I, I apologize that this is live podcast. He was either a tag team partner of Easy Money or he was Easy Money. No, he was Easy Money, Jason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy okay. Money. Because he used yeah. to be go, Easy Money. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah, but Jason's a great guy, dude. Yeah, he had the tights that had like the gap in between. Right? Yeah, yeah. Almost kind of like a, you know, wearing lingerie type deal yeah, or whatever yeah, you want to yeah, call yeah. it. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. I, I want to dial back real quick. Uh, we're on the line with, with Alan Funk, Kiwi from WCW. Uh, funked up uh the podcast get funked get funked of course i'm sorry i'm just ner i'm nervous <laughs> i really i really enjoy talking to guys guys like you who who I, I never thought i'd ever have an opportunity to talk to yeah man don't be nervous man i know i'm a good looking son of a bitch but you don't have to be nervous no arguments you're, you're, here you're all, you're, all red. You're, you're blinding me with all that that red <laughs> well you know I, got, I gotta represent my ohio state buckeyes man Oh, Ohio State Buckeyes. How do you feel about Justin Fields coming in? Uh, you know what? I did. I, I was not sold on a guy when he come over to to the Buckeyes, but he grew on me. Uh, yeah. And he, you know, he's with Chicago now. You know, I wish him the best, man. From what I hear, he's a really great dude. Uh, I, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. But uh, I, I did. You know, he's still he's a hell of an athlete. I'm not taking that away from the kid, but he. I think he still has trouble reading defenses. And uh, I mean, you know, Georgia didn't do shit with him. If it wasn't for Ryan Day, which Ryan Day is the one that built that kid, I think he kind of built that whole team around him. And Ryan Day is unbelievable. He, you know, he's the head coach for the Buckeyes now. Uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I loved him when it was Ohio State. It took me a minute to warm up to him, but but I like him now. Where did Trubisky end up? Did he end up in Miami? Where did he? Oh, uh, I'm Buffalo. not sure where he Buffalo. went. Buffalo. Was it Buffalo? Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. anyway, let me let me dial back a little bit, and uh, we'll let you go soon. I know you're a very very busy guy. How quick did it take? bill goldberg to realize what he was and and get an ego that made him hard to deal with well I, from what i understand i wasn't there when he first got there i came there shortly after uh, but i mean i think everybody got along with bill but he had that like i said when it comes to business he had a chip on his shoulder if you were not in the arena and you were with him somewhere else he was a great guy 
but when it come to coming to the arena, man, he was he had a chip on his shoulder. But I mean, you know, he I guess he earned it. Uh, you know, I, I really can't I, I really can't answer that 100 percent because I really don't know. But uh, I, I know from my dealings with him, like, for instance, when we started that match that night, uh, well, we, we went out, you know, we're out at the, at the ring at, when I realized I was going to work him. So I asked him, you know, I said, Bill, what, what do you got in mind? He's like, dude, I have no fucking clue. And I said, well, if you don't mind, I got an idea. And the first thing I said was I had the whole match that happened was what, 30 fucking seconds? Yep. So it was exactly how I told him from the very get-go it happened exactly. This was all me that planned the match, which wasn't much of a match, but it was. it's the only thing I could really agree for him to do. But the problem was with him was – if you remember the match, so he comes out, he slides in the, under the bottom rope. I said, I'm going to get on you, Bill. I said, I'm going to hit you, kick you, punch you, whatever. And he's like, I'm not selling shit, kid. And I'm like, okay, big fucking deal. I'm just going to hit you and punch you. Just stand up, you know, no selling. I don't give a fuck. So then, uh, so then I said, listen, after I punch you and kick you, I, I do a springboard sunset flip off the, off the second rope. So I want you to come like step forward after I kick you and punch you. When you see me going to the rope, I'm going to go in the air. And I, I, I did it a couple of times. I had him, I said, get my timing down. He's like, all right. So I jumped up. He goes, dude, you're high as fuck. I said, yeah. I said, now I said, I want you to fucking come running and spear me midair. He's like, holy fuck. He goes, no fucking way. He goes, I can't do it. And I said, Bill, what do you mean? You're not going to do it. I said, could you, I said, listen, I'm going to work you. And I know I'm not getting shit in. I said, I want people to remember this fucking spear and I don't care how bad I get hurt. He's like, he goes, I don't know, bro. He goes, because, you know, him and I were friends. It wasn't like he didn't like me. Uh, he, he said, I, I'm going to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. I said, Bill, I said, you train with me down to power plant. I said, I'm not a pussy. I said, I don't, don't worry about that shit. I said, if I break my fucking ribs, guess what? They'll heal. I don't give a fuck. So he's like, he goes, well, let's try it. He goes, let me see that again and stuff. So he was standing there timing me do the springboard and stuff. And I said, now you got to come, man. I said, you bring it. I said, don't worry about fucking hurting me. I don't give a shit. So, you know, we did it a couple of times and he come running at me and stopped and like kind of grabbed me out of the air. He's like, dude, this is fucking going to be awesome. I said, no shit. I said, it's going to be fucking great. I said, it's going to be the best beer ever. And then he said, no, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. And I was like, God dang, bro. I said, you got to fucking do it. I said, just fucking do it. I said, I don't care if I get hurt. And he's like, he goes, you really want to do it? I said, Bill, I'm not doing any other fucking match. We're doing it. He's like, all right, let's do it. A couple. So we did it a couple more times. And then he said, he agreed. He goes, okay. He goes, we're going to do it, bro. He goes, I'm sorry if I hurt you. He goes, I think I'm really going to hurt you. I said, I don't give a fuck. So we did it in the match. And after the match, dude, he fucking popped huge. I go backstage. I go to his locker room. He said, Jay, or, uh, uh, Doug Dillinger, the head security, when I walk back, he goes, Bill wants you in his fucking, his, uh, dressing room he goes he wants to see you right now so I, I walk in there i remember my ex-wife was with me so we walk in the locker room he fucking he hugs me and he's like holy fuck bro and he actually bruised my ribs and uh and i had to i had to wrestle mike sanders on a pay-per-view on sunday this was monday so six days later i got bruised ribs i got to wrestle on a pay-per-view after he just fucking killed me so uh he, he told me he goes bro i owe you a favor he goes that was fucking incredible i can't believe you did that for me so you know but you know he never uh he reneged on the favor, so I never got one back. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrestling, huh? <laughs> All right. But you know what his favor is going to be is I asked him to be on my podcast. I hadn't heard back from him yet. So, you know, maybe he'll return the favor. 
But we'll, we'll, we'll stick the screws to him. We'll, we'll get him on there for you. We'll, we'll put him on. We, we have that kind of hey, power. Man, if, you, if you guys can help me out, I'd appreciate it. I, I've been trying to get a hold of him. I think I actually, the number I had him, I don't know if it's his, but I actually just, uh, Chuck Palumbo sent me a new number, so I'm going to have to call him on here. God, I'm a, such a big Chuck Palumbo fan. Yeah, Chuck's awesome, dude. Did you see the podcast where he was on mine? Yes. Dude, he's so laid not, back. He's I, so fucking cool. Dude, is Chuck's he, the greatest dude, he, man. Is he a, is he a, is he a cop now? He he's in San Diego. Uh, he he uh, he does, he's got a, a YouTube chuck of all trades. He still builds motorcycles and you know builds cars and stuff. Uh, but I I, I can't uh, I can't answer the question you just asked me. No no problem. Um, anyway, uh, I have three left for you that I want to just rattle off real quick. Um, if you could name the toughest person you ever worked. Who would be like the toughest son of a bitch you've ever wrestled against? Ming, hands down. Okay, all right. I should have known that. I, I, I didn't wrestle as, Andre the Giant, so Ming would be my first pick. As soon as the question left my lips, I knew the answer to that. Question. Uh, well, other than you know, Paul Orndorff's pretty crazy bastard. I never wrestled him, but I was in a ring with him all the time training. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Ming. Ming is one of the meanest son of bitches, but he's the nicest guy in the world. Which I'm going to see him this Saturday, so I can't wait to see him. I would love to talk to Ming. I don't know. If yeah, he, he's podcast. incredible, man. He was a great dude. I don't know if he does podcasts, but I've like as as we're like in our. I'm in my late 30s. Tony's in his late 70s. So um, 70s. No, I got you. Well, I tell you what. When I talk to uh, Haku this weekend, I'll ask him for you. I appreciate oh, that. Would be, thank that would you. be a dream get. Um, your time in TNA. What was it like working uh, in TNA? Uh, you know, I, I love TNA just because uh, working with Lenny Lane, dude. He's he's a good friend of mine, and. Uh, you know, Lenny's awesome, bro. So I, I couldn't ask for somebody better to work with in TNA. Uh, as far as the company went, it was kind of, it was kind of just like stepping back into WCW, to be honest with you, because they had a lot of guys there from WCW. Uh, but they did have Barb Armstrong and uh, 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 Brian James, which was the road dog. He was there. He was one of the agents, uh, which was great to work with because I love the Armstrong family. Uh you had Ricky Steamboat there because it was, it was a little different working with him because I wasn't used to working with him. Uh, you know, but it was uh, with Jeff Jarrett and his dad running stuff. You know, Jeff's used to the WCW type atmosphere, and it, it was a lot like WCW backstage. Uh, last one from me. Uh, of course, we're on the line with Alan Funk, Queeley's uh, uh, Get Funk podcast live uh, every Wednesday, right? You said? No, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, I'm terrible. That's my job. Um, uh, so let me ask you this. You recently had Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker on. Well, yeah, I'm going to have him on this Thursday. He's coming on. He's coming on. He's coming uh, up yeah, this week. Yeah, coming on this Thursday, yeah. Absolutely terrible at my job. But how – how? Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm here for. I'm picking you up, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, you're, you're saving me. Um, so let me ask you this, though. How, like, underrated – like, I feel like he should get – he should have more – I think people respect him, but he should have more of a legacy – then do you think he'll ever get acknowledged by wwe at some point or like who's that haku no no uh buddy lee parker sarge uh yeah man he's unappreciated that dude was a hell of a worker now he stiff as all hell but you know he's a hell of a worker he, he, <laughs> he he's a good guy to have around man he, he's got a lot of knowledge in his brain that he could teach you and uh I, I think you could see that by the work of the guys that were on from the power plant like it was in a natural born thrillers elix skipper yeah. uh myself john huger you know Guys like that, man, it, you know, it speaks for itself. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, will he ever get recognized by WWE? I, I don't know, dude. If he hasn't yet, the, the chances of him, you know, getting recognized now are probably slim and none in my eyes. 
not not that that you know not that I'm a good I can't predict that kind of stuff because some of the shit they do up there you never know. Yeah, yep. I know that was probably that was probably an unfair question, but I just I just remember watching him like every single week, even when he was like by himself or with the state patrol. Or, like, yeah, yeah, he was a staple on the old WCW Saturday Night Man. Uh, you know, he he taught a lot of guy stuff. I mean, you know, he trained Goldberg and helped him get ready for TV. Helped DDP get ready for TV. Didn't he uh, made a event a pay per view with Goldberg? Yes. Uh, like, yeah, he. Nitro? Yeah, it was at least a Nitro. I know that for sure because I was at that. Uh, they did a, something in Greenville, I remember, on Nitro. But uh, he may have been on a pay-per-view. I don't remember. Anyway. But, I mean, the guy's incredible. He can work with anybody. You know, so, I, I mean, as far as that goes, bro, I mean, you would think he would get recognized, you know, somehow. I know I know you were involved in the very infancy of what's become Impact Wrestling, uh, NWA, TNA. How do you get roped into a uh, Braun panties match? How does this come about? Listen, bro, I, that's, that's the story of my career, bro. Uh, I, I guess these people know that I'm a little off mentally. So they, I guess they don't mind asking me to do crap like this. But, you know, me and Lenny went there as a Rainbow Express. We're full-fledged homos, you know what I mean? So uh, we had, like, Burt Prentice from the Nashville area. You know, he's gay. So he, he's sitting there giving us pointers on how to be more gay, you know. So, and, you know, I, I wasn't comfortable with that gimmick at all. The only thing I liked about that gimmick was working with Lenny Lane. So, uh, you know, it goes from the being gay to, you know, they, they kind of pushed Lenny out at that time. So I'm by myself, and I guess that they didn't have nothing else for me, which is kind of, like I said, reminds you of WCW backstage. Really didn't have any direction for me or my character, and they just, you know, threw shit together. Because, excuse me, after Lenny Lane left, I don't know if you remember, I was Jeff Jarrett's tag team partner. Uh, we wrestled, uh, you know, Brian James, Road Dog, and uh, I can't remember his partner it was one of the NASCAR guys or something. Hermie Sadler. Uh, yeah, Herm. Yeah, it was Hermie Sadler. So, uh, you know, it, it was like one week I did that, and then the next week I I was back to a gay character, and the next week I'm wearing a freaking evening gown wrestling, which was the, the girl I wrestled was BB Kathy Ding. She was Miss TNA, the first Miss TNA. It all comes it's it's circle, yeah it's so funny how it all just comes back around again yeah yeah right? so yeah she i don't know if you remember that but she, i think she beat francine from ecw to be miss tna and that the tna first ever lingerie battle royal or whatever they had for that miss tna so then uh yeah so then i beat the crap out of her get the i wrestled april hunter and tna i wrestled uh some other chick queen athena or something i can't remember and then you know then i beat kathy dingman up and i went to miss tna you know sash and crown so it's pretty sad that my biggest accomplishment in wrestling, uh, as far as like championships, was the Miss TNA crown. Talk to us real quick about your time in Japan. I know you talked about uh, Muda, but um, what was the experience like? Who else did you get to work with? I saw oh, you went. So you went over with a couple of the uh, the old crew from WCW. So you know, any anything else yeah, you yeah. tell us about it? I, I got to go over there. Uh, I got a chance to go over there with uh, Jerry Toot, which was the Wall with Berlin. Yep. Uh, then he wrestled in uh, you know Misfits and Actions. He was Sergeant A Wall. Great guy. He passed. He passed on, but he, man, he was one of my best friends in the wrestling business, dude. I miss that guy every day. Uh, he he was. Uh, I think his name was uh, Malice Gigantis in uh, in Japan. Yeah, it was Malice in TNA. TNA, yes. Sorry. But uh, yeah, he, he was real big in TNA there for a minute, man. He was. He fought uh, Ken Shamrock for the title or something. Uh, but yeah, his name was Gigantis. They called him Gigantis or something like that. And then uh, Mike Awesome was uh, Gladiator. Uh, and uh, so him and I, or uh, me, Jerry, and Mike, we would tag team a lot over there, like a three-man tag. But 
And I was I actually uh, tag team with Umaga too over there, uh, ECMO. Wow. Uh, and I got to work with some tremendous. If anybody knows anything about Japanese wrestling, man, I I, I wrestled Kawada. Me me and ECMO, uh, which was uh, Umaga, actually wrestled. Uh, and we had like a uh, over in Japan, they had these uh, tag team tournaments where it's real prestigious, man. You win the big, you know, all the, you know, the whole nine yards, man, like the 4th of July. Uh, we wrestled Kawada in the, in, the, in the final match. And I can't remember who his partner was, but man, you know, if you know Kawada, dude, that guy's a legend. You know, I got to wrestle Muda. I got to wrestle Kojima, which was at the time the top baby face in Japan. He was the biggest up and coming star in Japan and, and, New Japan, all Japan, you know, every, everything. So, I mean, I, I worked with some, some unbelievable talent in Japan, bro. It, it was overwhelming, but it was, you know, great at the same time, man. You know, I have so much respect for those guys and their culture. And it, it was uh, dude, I'd still love to be going over there. No. Yeah. From what we've heard, people just love going to Japan and we're always just fascinated by it, especially now since they've got such a resurgence. I know there's a lot of Gaijin over there, but, but even the stars that they developed, like all Japan, new Japan, even Noah, for God's sakes, Muda is still the uh, global honor champion. Dude. I, I don't think that guy will ever age, man. He, and he's still actually, you know, but that's kind of, I don't really know what's going on with the Muda and stuff. Why he still ha thinks he has to do that. I don't know. It was just some kind of, if I follow if I follow the story correctly, they brought him back. It was kind of like that that short comeback story, and yeah. the, the match that he had, I for, I forget who he wrestled. I, I I his his name escapes my mind, but yeah, I think I think I saw that match actually. I know which match you're talking about. And you know what? Like you can tell, like he's lost a few steps, but then he gets those like those surges where like it's like the mood yeah, of old, you know. But he's done that all his career, man. I guess that's just what he used to. But but I tell you what, man. At the time I was working him, he was still. You know, he was still on top of his game back. You know, that was 2003 or 2002, maybe, because I got hurt in Finland while I was wrestling in Japan. I did a, I did like an independent card for this guy with Vahala Pro Wrestling, it was called. Uh, I was on a card. It was a fucking stack card, man. I had me and Mike Sanders wrestled Elix Skipper and Sonny Siaki, which is, I, I don't know if you, if you heard about my injury over there. I, I heard. Um, I was going to ask you about it, but go ahead. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, AJ Styles on a card, Shane, uh, or Kid Cash, uh, Shane Douglas, uh, all kinds of, uh, Chris Candido, I think, was on the, or maybe it was him. I can't remember. I've done so many shows. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it was a stacked freaking card, bro. And uh, we were only supposed to be there for like, a, you know, fly in, wrestle, or go to dinner that night wrestle the next day and then fly immediately out but end up staying in a hospital for three weeks over there D during the match uh and you know all four of the guys that were in our tag team match it was me and mike sanders versus skip and son Siaki. we all graduated from the same class of the power plant you know we all come up into business we've wrestled each other thousand freaking times so uh sonny we're talking about the match and sonny says hey uh, at one point in the match i'd like to do a uh, i've been doing this in tna I said, yeah, you know, whatever you want to throw in, man, just tell me what you want to do. And he's like, I'm, I want to do a split leg moonsault. And I said, okay. I didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. And he said, he goes, I've been doing a TNA. It's no problem. I said, I said, Sonny, hey, I mean, if you want to do a fucking split leg moonsault, I'm all in. Like, you know, and, there, and people ask me now, why would you let him as big as he is do a split leg moonsault? I'm like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I come up into business with him. He, me and him are good buddies. He told me he could do it. Why would I think otherwise? Like, I, I didn't even think nothing about it, to be honest with you. It was like him body slamming me. You know, we've done a thousand damn things in the ring. Why, why would I, you know, care about a split leg moonsault? Uh, that's harmless, right? Right. Well, the harmless move turned into 
me getting hit in the face with his knee. <sighs> and uh, Sonny Siagi's not a little guy. Nope. Uh, so so uh, his knee come around, smacked me in the face on the right side of my face. And, you know, I've been punched before. I don't know if you guys have been punched before, but it felt like I got hit really hard. So I'm like, God dang, he freaking nailed me. So the only thing I could remember at that second was he fucking hit me so hard. I couldn't like, I, I had seen stars. So then the next thing he's trying to pin me, I feel my cheek. I feel my eyeball on my cheek. And I'm like, and I start, I couldn't see shit. And I'm like, what in the hell, man? I'm like, this ain't right. Something's going on. So I actually kicked him off, threw him off me. Next thing I know, I roll over on my stomach. Blood is just coming out of my mouth, my oh. nose, my eyeballs are bleeding, my ears are fucking pouring blood. Oh. I'm like, I said, holy shit, what the fuck? I roll out of the ring, and I remember hearing people, and I, I did break both my eardrums, but I could hear a bunch of fucking just, like, just ringing, a, a loud ring in my ears. And then I, But I could hear people saying, ah, it's fucking fake, well, bullshit. You know, and I'm like, holy and I'm talking, blood is just pouring out of my ears, dude. So I actually walk all the way back in this hockey arena by myself. No one helps me. I'm trying to find my way. I'm, I'm f- struggling, tripping, falling over shit, trying to get back to the back. I remember as soon as I get back to the back, I look at these EMTs, and they look up at me and go, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, I was like, what? Yeah, like, that's a good sign. God so damn. I go, they take me immediately. They lay me down a stretcher while I'm coughing. I'm on blood. I can't fucking breathe. I'm choking. These guys are holding me down. I actually had to throw these EMTs off me, and I had to sit up because I they would have killed me otherwise. So they get me back to the to the locker room. They sit me on the bench. They're trying to lay me back, and I keep they're they're speaking Finnish. I can't speak Finnish. I'm I'm trying to tell these. And then a the guy finally come back. I said, "Tell these guys I can't lay down. They're gonna fucking kill me because I was choking." They kept trying to lay me back, and I couldn't do it. So they immediately put blood. They start giving me blood. Blood's just pouring down this. I mean, I had blood on me. It looked like I took a shower in blood, bro. It looked oh, like someone took a five-gallon bucket and just turned it on me. So, uh, but I remember, and I'll never forget this, Kid Cash comes in there, and he sits down next to me, and he's he's fought before, and Kid Cash is a tough motherfucker, man. Yeah. So he's telling me, he goes, hey, listen, dude. He goes, he goes, you're fucked up. I ain't going to lie to you. He said, your nose is fucking broke. You, you got problems. But he goes, he goes, you got to be calm. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting there, and I, I was on the brink of passing out. I couldn't hardly breathe. I felt real weird. I'm trying to... I'm trying to stay awake, but I'm trying to pass out at the same time. But And then he grabs my hand. He's like, look, dude. He goes, stay with me. He goes, you're good. He goes, you're going to be fine. And uh, looking back on it now, I didn't realize how important that was because I don't think if Kid Cash would have been there, I would have been alive today. Uh, so he, he really helped me out at that time I needed him. So then uh, they take me to the hospital. Mike Sanders jumps in the ambulance with me. We go to the hospital. Uh, next thing I know, I'm in the hospital. They're fucking going ape shit because I'm, I'm literally about to die. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this story real quick. Uh, so I remember they take me in a room. Mike Sanders is no longer with me this time. Uh, a few minutes later, Mike comes walking in, acting real weird. Uh, he says hi to me or whatever, you know. And he's like, and I'm kind of looking around. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of nervous because uh, I, I know I'm pretty fucked up. And I asked the nurses to let me see myself in a mirror, and they said, "Hell no, oh, we're not God. getting in there." <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, like I said, my nose was literally on the left side of my face. They had to put my nose back in place. So my jaw's broke. I got a broken over socket. My eyeball's hanging out of my head. I've got a broken nose, two broken uh, eardrums, and a, bro- and a skull fracture. So I'm pretty screwed up at this point. So Mike Sanders, like I said, he come back in. He says, uh, you know, he was acting real weird, like he was real quiet, and he didn't know what to say to me. 
but he's like, I just wanted to come in, you know, they're going to, they're going to take you back and I'll, I'll be back tomorrow to see you and stuff. And, uh, so he's real quiet. So then he leaves. So then, uh, this is Saturday night. I can't get surgery till Wednesday. Cause they tell me I got air in my brain. And if they operate on me now, I could die. Holy so they had to wait. So they couldn't give me no anesthesia. They couldn't put me to sleep because I had air in my brain. Cause they give me all these tests and, you know, CAT scans and all this horse shit. And, uh, so I remember uh, three weeks, I was in the hospital three weeks. They did surgery on me. You know, I recovered from the surgery and I was doing pretty well. Uh, but, you know, I, I couldn't fly, obviously, because I had broken eardrums and a skull fracture. So I was in the hospital for almost three weeks. Then I went to a hotel room for about four or five days until they let me fly. And I had to go back to the doctors and they kept, you know, cleaning the blood out of my ears and all that shit. And uh, then three weeks later, they said, I think you'll be able to fly. So, uh, so they let me fly, which was a horrible fucking mistake, bro. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in Helsinki, Finland. I'm flying to Paris for the first flight of two back to Atlanta, Georgia, because that's where I live in Atlanta. So uh, I, I get on this airplane, and uh, everything was fine. Uh, well, let me tell you this before I get on the airplane. So the guy takes me to the airport, this Patrick guy that booked me on the car, right? So we're driving to the airport, and, you know, so I'm like uh, – uh, you got my pay, right? Uh, Cause I've been in the hospital for three weeks and I really wasn't worried about my pay at the time, but I'm getting ready to get on the airplane. So I asked him about my pay. So he says, Hey man, I, I don't have the money on me. And I said, well, well, let's go to ATM and fucking get it. Oh yeah. He's like, well, you don't understand. I don't have the money. I said, you don't understand. You better fucking go to ATM and get the son of a bitch. And, uh, he's like, I, I don't have the money. I'm, I'm, I'm strapped, dude. I'm broke. I don't have a dime. I said, are you fucking kidding me? I said, after the shit I went through, you don't have my fucking money? And it wasn't like he was paying me fucking $10,000, you know? Uh, and I said, I said, listen, bro, if you don't have my fucking money, I said, me and you are about to fucking fight. And I'm not in any mood to fight because I couldn't even fucking see straight. And uh, and I'm miserable. I'm still miserable at this point because I'm off. They had me on morphine for three fucking weeks and took me off cold turkey. So I'm, I'm a fucking mess. Yeah. So, uh, I told the guy, I said, I grabbed my bags and I said, I said, here's, he, I said, you need to get the fuck away from me before I end up killing you. I said, I'm going to fucking smash your head against this fucking sidewalk if you don't get the fuck away from me. So he, he kept trying to fuck. I said, dude, I kept trying to walk away from him. He kept trying to come, you know, pursue me and stuff. Finally, he got in his car because he, he could tell I wasn't ready. To, I just, I was ready to kill the fucking guy. So then uh, I'm walking through the airport and I see him like way behind me, like trying to follow me just to see what was going on. I don't know what he was trying to do, but I, I really wanted to kill this fucking guy. And uh, so I was actually having people to help me try to get to my flight. Cause I couldn't see shit. I couldn't walk where the fuck I couldn't hear nothing. So uh, I finally get on my airplane. So as soon as we get up to about 3000 feet, I remember the pilot saying something about 3000 feet. So I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden, bro, it felt like someone took a sword and stabbed me through the ear out the other side of my head. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I grab a hold of the, and I had a white V-neck fucking t-shirt on. Cause I, I packed very light cause I was only supposed to be there for a day. So I had a white t-shirt and a pair of sweats on and I'm, I, I'm clenching onto the side of my chair in the plane. And I was sitting out by myself in the row. Thank God. All of a sudden blood just starts pouring out of my ears, down my neck, all over my fucking white t-shirt. So I'm, I'm sitting there in the fucking stewardess. Everybody's looking at me going, what the fuck is going on? And I can't speak Finnish. All these fucking stewardess speak Finnish. They're not none English. So I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I might die on this fucking airplane. So I just, 
I just sit back and I fucking grab a hold of the fucking seat and I'm like, I got to get through this. I got to just buckle down, fucking try to get my mind off of this shit. And after about probably half an hour, it started getting a little better. I started getting used to flying then. So then it finally started, you know, getting better. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was better. So then I get off the, we get to Paris, I get off the plane. At this point, people are looking at me like I'm an elephant boy because I'm sure I look like it. And then I got fucking blood all over my neck, down my white T-shirt. I don't even give a shit. I can't really see it anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, so people were probably looking at me like I'm fucking Frankenstein. So I finally get people to help me. Uh, some lady puts me in a wheelchair and takes me to my terminal. So I'm sitting there. People are just looking at me the whole time waiting to get on this flight. So I remember a guy giving me a couple of pain pills. I'm not going to mention any names, but so I had a couple of pain pills that I was saving because I got a 12 hour flight ahead of me. Right. So I just know what happened on this three hour flight. I'm like, I'm not looking forward to fucking 12 hours on an airplane. Holy shit. So, I mean, I didn't have anybody to help me out. I couldn't get a hotel room because I didn't know where the fuck I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so I get on the airplane. I, I pop a couple of pain pills. Same thing happened. I get up to about a certain and then it starts hurting again and then it dissipates and everything's cool. So I took them pain pills and I fell asleep for, I don't know, four or five hours. Well, so then I had to get up and go to the bathroom, right? So I get up and go to the bathroom. My, my seats reclined the whole time because I just put it reclined the whole time. So then I got up, I went to the bathroom, I come back. So I put my seat back again and this lady behind me is kicking my fucking seat to where my head is going like this. And I fucking look, I stand up and I look and her husband stands up. And I said, if your fucking wife kicks my seat one more fucking time, I said, I'm going to beat your fucking heads together. And he looks at me and he sees all the blood and stuff and he fucking gets scared shitless. And he fucking sits down. And I said, I ain't fucking kidding. I said, sit your fucking ass down, bitch, before I fucking bash your head against your fucking husband. So she sat down and I fucking put my seat all the way back. And I looked back at him and they weren't fucking moving. They wouldn't even breathe. And the stewardesses didn't say a fucking word about it. And that was after 9-11. So I'm thinking I'm going to get arrested. Right? So I just laid back down, fall asleep, and then, and then I get back to Atlanta. But that was a brutal fucking time in my life right there, oh man. Oh, my God. That sounds crazy. I don't know how the hell you had the strength to get through all that, my man. That's awful. Dude, it was rough. Okay, so now I'm back in Atlanta, right? All right. So I meet Mike Sanders. Me and my ex-wife meet Mike, Mike Sanders at a Mexican restaurant for dinner. So we're sitting here eating dinner, and Mike Sanders says, hey, uh, and I, I found out why he was so quiet when he came in the room. The He, he comes in there and he says, uh, you know, we're sitting down eating dinner. He goes, hey, Alan, I got to tell you, man. He said, you, you know, you remember me coming in the room there that last time I came in the room that first night? And I said, yeah. I said, you were acting kind of weird. He said, yeah. He says, uh, he said, you know what the doctor told me? I said, no, what did he tell you? He said, he told me to go in there and say goodbye to you because you'll never see him again. He said, he's dead. There's no way he's living through the fucking night. Holy and, shit. Uh, that's what the doctor told him. So then uh, I said, holy shit. I said, he told you that? And he said, yeah, man. He goes, this scared the fuck out of me. So I said, yeah, I, said, yeah, I guess that would. I said, well, I said, you know what? God's got something better for me. So, you know, he he kept me around a little bit. So, you know, but that's what the doctor told Mike Sanders. Holy well, cow. I'm pretty sure that he kept you around so you could join us here on The Shining Wizard. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I got, so, I got, uh, I got one more question to ask you before we let you go, Alan. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I was doing some research, and I have no clue. This does not jar anything in my memory. Okay. You were involved in some project for MTV, Lucha Libre USA? Yeah, yeah. You don't remember that? 
Not at all. What was this? Okay, so that was about in 2010. Mark Dendrak was big down in Mexico. Uh, I don't know if you followed Mark Dendrak's career. He was uh, Marco big, Corleone. Big he was Mark Dendrak guy. Dude, he's he was the fucking Hulk Hogan down. There. I mean, he was bigger than Vampiro and fucking Conan down there, bro. Like, I mean, he he's a superstar in Mexico. So uh, Mark calls me one day. I actually tried to open up a supplement store. I owned a supplement store up in uh, East Cobb in uh, down in the Atlanta area. So uh, Mark calls me up and he says, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in doing a an Exotico character?" And I really didn't know too much about Mexican wrestling. So an Exotico character is like a gay uh, flamboyant wrestler. So here I am again, getting stuck in a fucking gay <laughs> shit. So you know, and Mark, I guess told these guys that I'd be good at it. So they trusted Mark's word. And, you know, it was my way to get in the door once again. Even though I've been in the wrestling for quite a bit at this time, I'm still fucking trying to get in, you know what I mean? And uh, which is kind of crazy, you know. I'm, I'm, I've been established at this point. I'm wrestling fucking Muda, Kawada, and all these guys, Kojima, Japan. And I'm still trying to work my way in the wrestling business, as crazy as it sounds, right? So I told Mark, I said, yeah, I'm interested. They sent a contract over. I signed it, sent it back to him. And uh, we actually had a pretty damn good thing going. I don't know if you can, I, you know what? I haven't even really tried to pull up them old tapes. So it's Lucha Libre USA. And we had some great talent on this card, man. And the locker room had great camaraderie. And it, it was it was actually the best wrestling company I had worked for uh, in, in my career as far as the locker room goes. It was it was real tight-knit group, and everybody was awesome. Uh, now, the office people, they, they had money, and they had the MTV uh, they had it, it was on MTV2 and MTV3, from what I remember. Uh, and we had a horrible time slot. I think it was like on Saturday night, like at fucking 2 a.m. or so, you know, a bad time spot. But they, the good thing about it is they would play the replays like in prime time, uh, like the reruns and stuff. So, you know, it kind of got people. And then they got a deal with Hard Rock Cafe in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we were filming all the shows there. So we, we had a pretty good thing going. It was just a, the guys that were running it didn't have a clue about the wrestling business, and it it, it, it didn't last very long. But it, but it was a great it, it was a great company when it first started. It's, it, it, but it, I did a character. Chi-Chi was my character. Yeah. If, you, if you look it up, so my name's Chi-Chi, and I you know I was with actually I was with Rocka Khan from TNA. Yeah, she was my valet. So I'm, here I'm playing another gay guy with a black chick, a hot black chick with me. So, you know, it just, I can't get away from it, you know? It's just weird. Like, I wonder if Mark Jindrak's thinking, like, he's got you in his mind. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he'd be great for an exotico. I know a guy. Oh, guaranteed, man. Because, you know, Mark knows I'm kind of, like, like I tell you, I'm, I'm a little crazy, you know? I'm, and, and, you know, he, he, he knew I'd be up for it because, you know, what the fuck else was I doing? Sitting in my supplement store doing nothing. So do you, do you look back at all these characters that you had to play and like do you just think like maybe the business is just ribbing on you or like was this like what got you to the game? Uh, I mean, you know, I, who am I to bitch about it, man? I you know I lived my childhood dream. You know what I mean? I of got course. from I started out as a nobody man from a small town, Alliance, Ohio, where there very little people ever leave that town. You know, I had big dreams and aspirations, and everybody from high school, you know actually genuinely happy for me that I followed my dream and I actually got on TV. Uh, I still keep in touch with a lot of people from my small town in Ohio. Uh, you know, I started independent wrestling up there and stuff. And, uh, you know, I can't bitch about anything. I got on TV. I got to meet a lot of cool people. I traveled all over the world for free and got paid for it. And, you know, I, I can't bitch about nothing, man.
No, yeah. not not a bad gig at all. Uh, if you're liking what you're hearing, you could check out Kiwi, Alan Funk. Uh, his show is in the seventh or eighth week now. He's got Buddy Lee Parker coming up this Thursday. Uh, search up Get Funked with Alan Kiwi Funk. It's on the MWA Podcast Network, facebook.com slash MWA World One. You could check out Alan on Twitter at AlanFunk5, on facebook.com slash FunkAlan. Uh, great, great back catalog already. I know the show is still in its infancy, but, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, Chuck Palumbo, Molly Holly, uh, Kid Romeo was on there, RJ Brewer, tons now, of RJ Brewer was from Lucha Libre USA. Yeah, he was. He was the main heel. Great guy, dude. He's a hell of a worker, too. He worked for Ring of Honor, too. Yep. And he, he's had several dark matches with WWE. Just, he's one of those guys that, man, he's got the talent and a good body. He just never, never got a break, you know? That's a shame. That's a shame. He is a talented guy. Um, like I said, just check it out. Get Funked with Alan Kiwi Funk. It's a must listen to. You get great stories. Yeah, they can t- check it out on twitch.com too. Uh, MWA World slash MWA World. Perfect. Uh, before and we let YouTube you- as well. MWA World on YouTube. Before we let you go, uh, anything you want to leave the fans with? Any any other messages you want to leave with us? Nah, man. I appreciate you guys hyping my uh, podcast up, man. That's about all I was going to say. Get Funked. Live Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, check it out, man. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. But I'm, I'm kind of disappointed we hadn't even won an hour yet. You want to stick around? We got all the time <laughs> in the world. You got more stories to we, tell. We, what do you guys got going on after me? Uh, nothing. We were going to talk a little bit about the NWA. They had a pay-per-view this past weekend. Yeah, I watched it, actually. I watched it. What'd you think? Let's let's all talk right, about let's it now. Go. This is awesome. Let's get in it. You know, I... I I, I, I like the NWA. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't know any of the guys here other than uh, the uh, May Valentine, the commentator. Uh, her and I did a video with Goldilocks from TNA. Uh, it's, it's like a, a about suicide prevention and stuff. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. Do you know who Goldilocks is? Yeah, yeah, Goldilocks. Yeah. And, of course, yeah, I'm familiar with May Valentine. Yeah, so we did a video called All to You with James Storm, uh, the cowboy James Storm and real Chase Stevens. Uh, with uh, Goldilocks, it's kind of like a PSA about, uh, you know, uh, abuse, you know, uh, suicide and stuff like that. It's an awareness video. You can check it out on YouTube. It's called, you can look it up at Goldilocks, all to you. Uh, she'd appreciate that. And leave a comment on the, in the comments there for her. Tell her Alan Funk sent you. Wow, that's that's a good, that's a good. I guess but uh, very... the girl that does the main Valentine character, she does the NWA power deal, I think. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, Myra, Myra Diaz Gomez is her name. Yes. Uh, good girl. She was in that video. She did a great job in that video. But well, I, think uh, I think we're burying the lead here. Talk a little bit more about that and what inspired this. Um, this is obviously a great thing that you guys are doing. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's awesome, man. So Goldilocks reached out to me and wanted to know if I wanted to be in his video. And it's got, like, uh, it's got Garth Brooks' daughter in it. It's got... Uh, Three Doors Down, uh, I think their guitar player. Uh, it's got a bunch of, you know, famous people in it, like B.B. King's granddaughter or, you know, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember all these names. Oh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's got a bunch of, uh, you know, people that people would know in it. Uh, me being the least of them all. Wow. <laughs> but but we do, it's uh, all to you, it's about suicide. They show people, you know, committing suicide, killing herself. Uh and then it shows the impact it has on their family members. And then it, it's it's kind of like a, a James Storm plays like a modern day Jesus Christ. Me and Chase Stevens jump him, beat the shit out of him, rip his shirt off, crucify him, like in a modern day time in a crack house. Oh, uh, right. And that uh, uh, Mae Valentine that does the NWA, she's in this crack house crying. She just slit her wrist. 
So her and James Storm, he's Jesus, so he touches out to her while she's dying, and that's the end of the video. But it's it's uh, if you're really interested in about suicide prevention and you know just domestic violence and 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 stuff that can pre can be prevented that people don't realize, you know, before they kill themselves that they are important and they matter, but they just don't see it. Right. It's it's a great video to watch, man. I, I you know, I hyped it up on my Instagram at Funk Allen. Uh, I don't know if it's still in my, uh, it might still be in my, uh, my bio. I don't, I'm not sure if I took that down yet or not, but you can look it up on YouTube, Goldilocks, like the Goldilocks, just type in Goldilocks all to you and you, you can find it. And it's, it's like a 15 minute video, man, but, I tell you what, every time I watch it, I almost cry every time I watch it. Yeah, and I, I feel like we've all, everyone that's listening to this has probably been affected by that at some point, someone that they loved or someone that they knew. Well, dude, you know how many guys I've known in residence killed herself? Like my last buddy killed himself, Sean O'Hare, hung himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's another guy from the power plant, Sean O'Hare, we didn't yeah. talk about. Oh, uh, God, such a great talent. Dude, his body was unbelievable. Fucking the kid was the most athletic kid you'd ever see in your life, man. He, he was unbelievable. I used to travel with Sean, dude, and that dude was, he was kind of misunderstood. He was a little demented. That's why him and me, you know, we got along so well because we had that, you know, that crazy kind of streak in our heads. Uh, it's unfortunate he killed himself. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah, he, he killed He's one of those guys that kind of got in late in the game too. Like he was in his like late thirties, right? Yeah, I, like yeah, that. I believe Sean was around probably yeah in his late thirties, something like but, that, right? Later, but, than you know, he was there. an MMA fighter. I, you ever see him fight? He fought Butterbean one time. Yep, got his ass whipped. I I called him up and said, "Man, Butterbean just whipped your ass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, but Sean was a good dude, man. But uh, yeah, check that out. Goldilocks, all to you, man. It's a great video. 100%. Yeah, Sean O'Hare was getting a great push in uh, on SmackDown for a while. Yeah, and he was he was with Roddy Piper there yeah. for a minute. Yeah, he, he was unbelievable, but I think his I, – I don't want to say demons, but he, he had that – Sean was a little – and I guess we all should have seen, you know, him committing suicide is not – because he, he, he had that dark side to him, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but he was a great guy. I, I mean, I – I hate to say it, say it like that, but I mean, I never saw him killing himself, but he, yeah. but it was kind of like the Chris Benoit shit. You know, I knew Chris Benoit and he used to sit and talk to my dad all the time. And uh, when Brad Armstrong actually told me this story, cause Brad got a voicemail from Chris Benoit that weekend and Brad let me listen to the voicemail and he goes, listen to this voicemail, man. It's fucking weird. He told me to go get his dogs out of the backyard and, and uh, he listened, he, I listened to it and I'm like, I, and I didn't really know Chris like going to his house. But he's telling Brad to go to the house. He's got to get his dog. And Brad's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. He said, I tried to call him back, but he won't answer the phone. And then uh, then he tells me, he goes, you know what happened? Fucking Brad, before it was on TV or anything, nobody knew. Brad told me he killed himself. And I'm like, holy shit. So, but it was one of the things where that really didn't surprise me because Chris had that kind of dog side to him too, you know. Just from stories I heard, you know. No, yeah, it's, gotcha. it's just it's it's tough because you never you never know where people's limits are, so it's just tough. Despite and you know, how, they said Chris had brain damage. You know them. Yeah, but I mean, they they literally took his brain for research, yeah. uh, Harvard, and said he had you know like major head you know yeah. brain damage. Yep. yep. So, I, you know, I, I get tired of these fucking people saying, "Oh, steroids, eh, steroids, this." People are so un uneducated on steroids. There is, in my opinion, I've taken, I've never hid the fact that I took steroids. I, I, I mean, I used to weigh 250 pounds. Naturally, I'm like a 150 pound guy. 
So, you know, in I tell people either you're an asshole or you're not. I've never had a case of roid rage. I'm fucking crazy with that story steroids. I don't need steroids to be crazy. So steroids never made me one bit crazier than I already am. So when people say that shit, it drives me fucking nuts because there's it's that's the farthest thing from the fucking truth. There's no such thing as a roid rage. Yeah, you hold water like a menstrual fucking cycle. You get a little agitated, but you don't have you. You're not gonna fucking kill somebody just because you're taking steroids. You know what I mean? I'm on them right now. Huge. I, I can tell. I was just. I was gonna ask <laughs> you to rip your shirt off. Oh, listen! Don't 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 take <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you like the pay per view? Uh, the end oh of the yeah, way. let's get back to the pay per view. My bad. Uh, yeah, so I watched the first couple of them. Uh, they had like the dark matches, I guess you'd call them. Uh, they, they were good, solid matches. I seen uh, uh, Luke Hawk's son wrestled a three-man tag there with, uh, I guess that's Carino's son. Oh, Colby Carino. Yeah, yeah. A yeah, lot Colby of these Carino. Guys, before the pandemic started, they were doing a uh, they were doing a side project called Circle Squared, where they were actually bringing talent in, and okay. give, they were giving them some mic time. They were giving them some ring time. Just to yeah, try, yeah, which is great. Yeah, but just to try to get a feel of like, hey, did you like this guy? Did you not like this guy? Should we bring him back? It was kind of like yeah, a yeah. competition, but yeah, yeah. So like, so Luke and his son, uh, Hawks Airy. I mean, we, we Luke Hawks is a, is a friend of the show for a long time. Like he he's got yeah, he's a good guy. Family. I finally met him not too long ago. And his kid, my God, for a young kid, he can move. He's so fluid in the ring. Another yeah, year, yeah. He just he just needs to get in the weight room a little bit. That's all. But I'm sure with his daddy, that'll come. Oh, of course, of course. And yeah, Colby Carino. They actually had Colby Carino work George South. How's oh, that really? for a team up? Yeah. And God, you know what? Um, Colby could have got a little more in, but just to see George South working that old school 80s <laughs> gimmick, oh, it was unbelievable. NWA, yeah, it's, it's must-watch wrestling for me. That's one show I don't miss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a pretty good pay-per-view, but I, although the, the main event kind of disappointed me at the end, I got to tell you. Oh, for I, real? Yeah, dude. I mean, come on, man. Murdoch and then Nick Ollis hits the referee with a chair and he gets disqualified. Just... I mean, to have a big pay-per-view like that where they hyped up that that match that much to have a finish like that kind of upset. Yeah, but but Tony, what did I what, what did I what did I text you today, Tony? What did I, I, I look? I understand, and I get both of you guys' points. However, you got to look at the big picture. The, Trevor Murdoch's not going anywhere. Trevor yeah, Murdoch. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. You know, but, but th- this is going to work to the next season, and I guarantee you, when Trevor Murdoch gets his rematch, it's it's going to be a different story. Well, you know what? I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be like the old uh, Tommy Rich thing. You know, people want to see Trevor win so much, and then when he wins, what are you going to do from there? Yeah. I, I, I agree with him not winning. I'm not saying that. I just wish it would have been a better finish. I just didn't like the finish. Not yeah, that no, I could have come up with though. a better finish. I just didn't like the finish. Like all this hitting the ref with the chair, and then Trevor's getting disqualified for it. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, with just, that. and then, you know, the, the, the only thing, I'll tell you the one thing that bugged me about that pay per view. I know what you're going to say. As corny as this fucking, why was this fucking guy wearing a ring fucking announcer? Uh, uh, what the hell did they call a guy? Yeah, like, 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 like the, the ringmaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like driving a handsome cab. I mean, seriously, Park. what was the point of this shit? The, the, the I, don't, I don't know why they did it, but the gimmick was it was supposed to be like a carnival. So, like, when they were yeah, showing. That was just was, fucking cheesy, man. I get it. I get it. And someone's got to get I mean, that, that guy, I, I can't remember that guy, announcer's name, but he's phenomenal. He's a great announcer. Yeah. Kyle Davis, uh, he kind of steps on himself from time to time. He's got, a, he's got, yeah, a, but he's got a great voice, man. Oh, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. But he's Tony. And I Tony, think the, let me ask Alan a question real sure, quick. Sure, sure. Um, the finish. Now, all right. So, why, 
why would they have Nick Aldis win by disqualification? Like, wh- like if he was going to win, have him win. Like, why wouldn't they have Trevor Murdoch win by disqualification? I'll tell you why. Can I yeah, tell yeah, because, I mean, the belt wouldn't change hands in. No, but uh, Kevin's asking specifically why they had Aldis win by DQ and not Murdoch win by DQ. And I'll yeah. tell you why. Because Aldis has been running from Trevor Murdoch. He's been trying to put every obstacle in his way because he doesn't want to face him because, naturally, he's afraid he's going to lose the title to Trevor yeah, yeah. Murdoch. So by all this winning by disqualification, he can turn around and be an asshole and say, I beat you already. I don't have to yeah. give you a rematch. Right. You got to earn your way back. Well, I mean, I get that. I get that. But just the way they did it was kind of. No, I, 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 I agree with you. They could have done it better, but I get the end to that means. I get why they did it. Where, where See, they could have did the old uh, Eddie Guerrero gimmick, man. They could have had Aldis with a chair. The referee turns around. He he hits it against the floor, falls down, and then throws it at Murdoch. And Murdoch's holding the chair after the referee just here to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do that so game. That way you could have disqualified Trevor because he had the chair in his hand. And that would have made Nick look like a bigger asshole. <laughs> right? Yeah, all this, he's definitely running scared. It's going to be interesting. They started their tapings. I can't, I can't disagree. They did their tapings for the new season, I think, today. So, you know, it's going to be Yeah, yeah, I've I, I seen uh, – she or the the May Valentine posted that they were filming some more stuff today. Yeah. Well, you're not too far from that studio, man. You should you should go down there. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know anybody down there. I I kind of been out of the game so long. I I really don't know anybody but her, and her and I really aren't friends. Like if we were good friends, she would have you know we I'd probably go eat lunch with her or something because she's in town from L.A. You know what I mean? She's been in town like all week. But you know I I only work with her one time. It ain't like we're good friends. But, you know, I follow what she does because, you know, I, I met her and I did a video with her. And, I, you know, I kind of like following her. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. And she's good friends with Goldilocks. And Goldilocks is a great girl. And, you know, actually, I stayed at Goldilocks' house with both of them girls in the house. Ooh, party time. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't much of a party. But, you know, it sounds <laughs> it sounds a hell of a lot better than what actually happened. Oh, I do this. Because, listen, on Instagram, they posted on my story and then on my on my Instagram they took a picture of themselves, like, tucking the bed up, going, hey, we're getting the bed ready for us. <laughs> you know, so people were like, oh, you're saying at Goldilocks house? I was like, fucking right I am. You know, of course, I had to work the gimmick. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Wow. I was ready to let you go, but if you got any more stories, anything else you want to talk about, I'm all ears, man. I'm loving this. Shit, I don't know. What kind of stories you want to hear? Some crazy shit? Right, we're always up for crazy shit. Right, always Tony, up for if, crazy if, 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 if he's willing to stick around... I could I could talk to him all freaking night. <laughs> Wait, I, I got a story that involves Kevin Nash and Mike Sanders giving me a blowjob. Ask you about Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I, I well I could tell you two stories about Kevin Nash. One real quick. When I first moved to Georgia, uh, well the first house me and my ex-wife bought was right across the street from Kevin's mother-in-law, which I didn't know at the time. So I'm so I'm going to WCW Saturday night shows at this point. So, you know, being a wrestler, which is kind of like I used to bodybuild, you know, you go to the tanning bed, you don't want to have tan lines because you're wearing fucking underwear wrestling in, right? Yeah, of course. So I'd go out in the yard and do yard work with pretty much a fucking bikini on. <laughs> and I had my long hair was down, you know, to my neck because, you know, when I put it up, it was pretty high. Yeah, yeah. So I remember one time I'm in the front lawn, Kevin drives by, I'm bent over in the flower bed with my fucking little speedos on, right? So Kevin sees my long hair and he kind of looks over. And he didn't tell me this until him and I started traveling together. So uh, 
So then I became friends with Kevin. He used to come knocking on the door, ring the bell or whatever, when he drops his kid off at his mother-in-law's house. So uh, him and I kind of became friends a little bit. So we started traveling a little bit together. I'd ride back from him. He'd drop me off the house when he drove to Atlanta and stuff like that. So the first time I get in the car with him, we're driving back from uh, Virginia. We wrestled in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so uh, I'm driving back with Kevin, and we have Che, one of the Nitro girls, in the car. And uh, Ross Foreman, which was – he used to write for the magazine. Sure. And he worked for TNA a little bit. So uh, me and Kevin, we're sitting there talking. We're drinking Coors Light. Uh, and Kevin's like, hey, let me ask you a question, Alan. And I said, what? He goes, he goes now, do you own any uh, guy shorts? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes – he goes, you know, the first time I saw you, I thought you were a hot chick bent over the fucking flower bed at your house. I was like, what? He goes, I drove by your house one time. He, I said, did you really? He goes, he goes, dude, I saw you bent over the flower bed or something. And I was like, what the fuck? That's a hot chick. And I was like, he goes, look at the ass on that chick. And then he realized it was me. So <laughs> that, that's that's my first funny uh, Kevin Nash story. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. If, hot, hot chick ass. I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's something to be proud of, but, you know, I convinced him doing my Kiwi character. I guess I, I was good at it, right? Good what, job. What were the, uh, what were like, the tippy-top guys like to work with? The Nashes, uh, the Hogans, the Flares, the Lugers, all those guys. What was uh, well, I'll be honest with you, man. At the time, Luger was a total dickhead, which I could tell you a story about me and Lex Luger. Uh, Bagwell, I refused to call him that, the stuff, because I, I will not call that guy anything other than Marcus because he's an asshole. Uh, Rick Flair, I, I never really worked with him per se, but I mean, he, he was, he was approachable backstage, say that. Uh, so, I mean, you know, when I was on WWE, hell, the Rock and Stone Cold were more personable than some of the guys in WCW. So it, it was kind of at first, you know, you kind of, you know, you, you got to earn your dues. They, they say, you know, but sometimes in the wrestling business, it's fucking petty as shit, bro. You know? It's like you, you know, if you don't, if you don't go immediately up to him and give him the old "Hey, brother, hey, I'm Alan Funk, nice to meet you," you know, it's like you get you get heat big time. You know what I mean? So, you know, Nash was great. Hogan was actually even cool. When the first time I ever met Hogan was on one of my first loops on the house shows. Me, Chuck Palumbo, I don't remember a guy named Hardbody Harrison and uh, Kid Romeo did. Uh, we did four. They picked four of us from the power plant to do the first loop on the house show loop. So uh, Rick Steiner was always good. Scotty Steiner was great. Jeff Jarrett was good to work with. Uh, I mean, pretty much everybody other than, like, Luger, dude, that dude was a fucking dick. You could tell just him saying hi to you just drained all the ounce of energy he had in his body because he didn't want to say hi to you. Uh, so uh, what the hell? I, get, I told you I get sidetracked. I forget what I was even talking about. But um, I one story okay. wrote. We've been talking for over an hour. <laughs> I got you. So uh, I, I can go back to his Lex Luger story. So Lex Luger started shopping in my supplement store. So, you know, of course, he always wanted his fucking discount because he's Lex Luger and he's, you know, <laughs> he's fucking Lex Luger. He deserves a 20% fucking discount or whatever you can give him. So uh, and I, I still really wasn't keen on Lex Luger at this time, but I was, you know, he was shopping in my store, so I was trying to be nice. So then uh, – me and my buddy of mine owned two. Well, he owned the one store, and then we owned the other store together. So, uh, so then uh, finally one day, you know, I just can't. It's hard to take Lex more than five minutes at a fucking time, you know. So, uh, so then he, he's in a he's he's living in a hotel at this time, extended stay right next to my supplement store, right? 
So he's drinking vodka, taking pain pills, getting fucked up every day. And, uh, and th this was right after I believe he killed fucking Elizabeth. So, uh, so, uh, no, I didn't say that. Did I? Uh, so, uh, if you didn't, I would have. <laughs> so, so, uh, Hey man, what's up? Oh, that's Matt, by the way. Yeah, that's Matt. And, Matt. What's going on, Matt? So then, uh, so then one night I finally see Lex. We never really talked that much in the store other than, you know, Hey, whatever. So, uh, so I see him in a Publix one day down the road and it was like nine, 10 o'clock at night. They were getting ready to close. I had to pick up some fucking eggs or something. So I go, I see him standing over there by the eggs. I was like, fuck, I didn't want to walk over there. So I try to walk away, but he sees me. He's like, Hey, Ellen. And I'm like, fuck. So I walk over. He goes, Hey man, something's been bugging me. So we're standing in the middle of the Publix by the eggs. And he's, he's like, uh, let me ask you a serious question. I said, what's up, Lex? And I was just like, I didn't even really want to talk to him. I'm like, so what do you got, man? What do you got? He says, uh, he goes, was I ever did? Or he goes, how did I treat people do you, in your eyes? Did I treat you okay or this and that? I said, Lex, I don't really think you want me to answer that question. He's like, what do you mean? I said, do you really want me to tell you the honest truth or do you want me to lie to you? He goes, no, no, tell me the truth. I said, honestly, you're the biggest fucking dickhead I ever met in my life. I said, you're a fucking asshole. And he's like, are you fucking serious? I, and he was started almost getting tears in his eyes. I said, Lex, you fucking treated me and I know other guys like shit. I said, you're so much fucking better than everybody in your eyes. I said, you're a fucking asshole. And he fucking almost broke down right there in public. He gave me a big hug and he's like, oh man, take my number, which I already had his fucking phone number. But I said, yeah, let me get your number because I ain't got it. Of course, I ain't going to tell him I already had it. So I acted like I put his phone number in my phone. He goes, dude, please do me a favor. Like he was, he was all moping. Oh, I really, I want to make it up to you, man. I, I'm so sorry. And you know, this and that. And then he, then he says, well, give me a call. And he goes, I want to have lunch with you or let's have lunch and talk and let's become friends. I said, you know what, Lex? I said, I can respect that. Cause he apologized to me. He said, I'm sorry. I said, if you really want to apologize to me like a man and you mean it, I said, I accept your apology. I said, I, I, I can respect that. So you know, here I'm thinking, you know, we're hashing shit out. You know, I felt good about it. So uh, I call him up. We talk on the phone a couple of times. Uh, at this point, I don't have my supplement store anymore. He's living down in Atlanta. And I, I believe this is after he already had his, like, stroke or whatever you want to call it. He had his incident. And he's living down kind of like an assisted living. Not really assisted living, but he, he had, I guess he had people there watching him or something. So I had to drive all the way to Atlanta which I live in Ackworth, Georgia, which is a pretty good drive with traffic and shit down here in Atlanta. Uh, so uh, I get, I call him. He wouldn't answer the phone. I call him. He wouldn't answer the phone. I'm thinking, well, he'll just, he's waiting for me out, you know, where he told me to pick him up. And he's got a gated community. So I go to his gated community. I can't get in. Fucking, he's not answering his phone. He's not answering the fucking gate thing. So I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, he, he's kind of fucked up. Maybe he's in his, his fucking apartment, you know, dead or something. You know, I'm thinking the worst. So I go to, I, get, I finally follow somebody in the gate. I said, fuck it. I'm just going to go in there because I'm kind of getting nervous. Yeah. So I go in there and I asked the guy, I said, I know you can't tell me where Lex lives, but I said, I know you know this guy. And they're like, yeah, we know Lex. I said, can you have, can I, I said, if not, I'm going to call the cops and have him do a courtesy check. Cause I'm kind of nervous that he's in his room or in his apartment passed out and I can't get a hold of him. I'm supposed to meet him here. So uh, never hear from him. They're like, they go up in there and do it. They knock on his door. They can't get in. They're like, we can't get in the room or whatever. And I said, I said, there's nothing we can do. So I, I, I called the cops and the cops like, well, we can't beat the door down. We knocked on the door. He's not answering. You know, I'm like, well, fuck it. I guess 
if the guy's dead in there, there's nothing we can do anyway, right? So I go home, you know, I leave and stuff. I don't hear from him. Finally, he calls me a couple of days later. And I said, hey, Lex, I said, you know, I come down to your fucking apartment to pick you up. We're supposed to do lunch. Oh, man, I know. Yeah, just something came up, you know, let's try it again. And then he fucking disses me again. And then he's back to the same old fucking Lex Luger. So I don't believe nothing that motherfucker says. So, you know, we, we never really patch things up. He's full of shit. In, in my eyes. Even after he found Jesus. That's ironic. Well, you know, the funny thing about that was he was still getting drunk, fucking drinking a fifth of vodka and fucking taking pills after he's telling everybody's found Jesus. Isn't that the worst thing that as a professional wrestler, the first thing you think of when you can't get in touch with somebody is, oh, my God, they're dead. Yeah, that, that, that's how bad it is. Yeah, you're right. It sucks. Because, you know, I've had a lot of good friends die in the rhythm business over the last 20 years. And unfortunately, that's something you think about. It's crazy. It's like, what other business do people have that mindset if they can't like you never hear like football players like, oh, I couldn't find I, I couldn't get in touch with my the wide receiver from. Texas. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, not thinking he's dead. Yeah, it's it's. So, you know, I had, I had a couple of bad experience with that. Uh, Jerry, Toot, which was the wall that I was talking about earlier. You know, him and I are wrestling in Japan. He's one of my best friends, man. He comes over to the house all the time. Me and him and my wife always eat dinner together and stuff, you know. Uh, and Reno, which was Rick Cornell, he was in the National Born Thrillers. We're all three a tight-knit group with uh, Dale Torberg as well. We're all three, you know, all four of us are really good buddies. So uh, when Jerry died, Kaz Hayashi calls me from Japan at like 2 o'clock in the fucking morning. And I'm a nervous fucking wreck, man. I'm crying. They're telling me, Kaz Hayashi's telling me Jerry Toot just died. You know, I'm a grown man, but I'm fucking crying. My good buddy just fucking died, you know. And uh, so I'm I'm trying to get my shit together. I got to call Rick, and I got to call Dale. Well, I don't think Rick answered the phone right away, so I called Dale. Tell Dale. We're all fucking crying. You know, I got to call Jerry's fuck. He, they want me to call Jerry's dad. I never met Jerry's dad. I don't know Jerry's fucking dad. I don't want to call a guy and tell him his son just died, you know. So we're all nervous fucking wrecks. So we end up calling Jerry's girlfriend. She's met his dad. She had to call his dad and tell him. So, you know, it's just, that's just how it is in the wrestling business, man. I've heard it too many times. It was just, it was just a weird time though. Like in, like, you know, in that period of wrestling, because it seemed like every other week there was a tragedy, you know? I know, right? It fucking sucks. I, I think we've gotten past that though. I think, I think, you know, the fellas. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty good lately. Right. But I tell you what, I did have Kurt Angle on my death pole. Really? Oh, you had one of those. Yeah, man. There was a few of us that had a death pole. He was on the top of my list there for a while. Well, we're now, I mean, I love Kurt Angle. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the nicest fucking guys in the wrestling business, man, for, for what he's done in the business. Every time I've been around Kurt, he, he's been, you know, nothing but nice to me. But uh, from what I hear, he quit WWE. He, went, he just told Vince. If I can't take pain pills, I'm fucking done. I quit. I mean, you're making a million dollars and you just fucking quit because you can't take pain pills. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was abrupt. Like he and they had they had bigger plans for him when they when they were restarting uh, ECW. And yeah, he, yeah, but listen, that that dude fucking give everything he got, dude. He's wrestling with fucking broken necks. No, I get and, it. I mean, he's putting everything on the fucking line. He could have fucking died doing that, you know. So he's he figures the least you could do is let me take some fucking pain pills. I'm killing myself for you anyway. You know, I don't, I don't know how much you followed his, uh, his last comeback. Uh, you know, building up to, um, you, you know, his last run in WWE. I almost felt bad for him because it was like he couldn't turn his head or move his shoulders yeah, yeah. or anything. I mean, that's all of him. Ta- you know, kill himself for the business, man. But uh, I just, 
it is brutal watching. I get it. it it's fucking brutal, ain't it? That's that's the point, because like you said, you know, he's he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's done so much for the business. He's skyrocketed yeah. to the championship in his first year in, and then you just yeah, yeah. see him where he's just like he's like a mummy, like he can't even turn his head. And it's like, how could you watch a guy like that take bumps? You know, like you're just afraid that one bump and that's it. You yeah, know? You, that's what. Yeah, I, I always used to watch him thinking, man, if he just takes one wrong bump, man, the motherfucker might die. And that was probably when he was still able to move as well as he used to. Yeah, because I mean, he was kind of like that in TNA. Yeah. You know, I, I went to a couple of TNA shows with a uh, member Melissa Coates was trying to get into business and she's with Sabu now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you see her lately? She got her leg amputated. Yeah. That's, that's rough, man. That, that's... Yeah, man. I, I feel so bad. I used to hang out with her all the time, man. Cause I was trying to help her, you know, she wanted to learn the wrestling business and stuff. And she was in down here with the deep South. She was, I don't think she had a WWE developmental, but they were letting her work down there and stuff. And uh, so then I, Brad Armstrong was training down there. So I'm a huge bodybuilding mark from back in the day. I used to bodybuild myself in Ohio. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, fucking must coach. She placed like in the Miss Olympia, like third in the Miss Olympia, you know, back in the day. And I used to follow her all the time. And I was like, fuck, I got to meet her. And, you know, I, I wasn't like, I didn't want to meet her. Like I wanted to date her. I just wanted to fucking hang out with her. So I asked Brad, I said, ask her if she'll fucking meet me for coffee or something. Just so I could fucking, you know, just introduce myself to her. He's like, oh yeah, dude, she knows who you are. She wants to meet you. I said, well, fuck yeah. So she came up to my apartment one night. We went out to dinner, you know, and then we just started hanging out. So I feel so bad for her, man. She, you know, she, she's, she's a good girl. She just, uh, she saw the world in a different mindset than most people. She's a little out there, but you know, she's a good girl. Uh, I hate to see her lose her leg. Yeah. That's yeah. Sabu's a little out there too. So, well, you know what? Uh, when I was with Sabu in uh, Australia for WWE. And uh, Nova was on that, uh, Jerry Lynn, uh, AJ Styles, and uh, Crowbar, which was in ECW as well. Uh, they said Sabu was fucking weird. Like, he wouldn't go do nothing with anybody. But me and him went out every night and ate steak dinners and shit. And uh, I come back to the hotel, and they're like, holy shit, you went out with Sabu? And, like, Nova and them guys are like, this is bizarre world. There's no fucking way. And Sabu and me hit it off. We, we got along great. And uh, they're like, Sabu, don't fucking go out with nobody. You actually went to dinner with him? I said, what the fuck's the big deal? They're like, Sabu, don't do that with anybody. I said, so, well, so, I... so you're saying there wasn't blood and dog shit all over the place? No, there wasn't. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I know what you're telling me. You're telling me from... You, you're telling me from... No, I'm, not, uh... I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> oh, okay, I get you. Well, <laughs> I won't say nothing then. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what a great way, Matt, to, to uh, cap off this incredible uh, podcast shit. With, uh, with Alan Funk. It always comes back yeah. to Sabu. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we always end every podcast with Sabu? I don't know. Now, I used to do some shows with the original Sheik, his uncle, Ed Farhat, up up in, well, I can't really even say the state, Michigan. <laughs> Michigan, May. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I can't stand that state. You know, I'm a Ohio State fan. I can't be uh, promoting that state. Definitely not. Right. Definitely not. So, uh, <laughs> have you been keeping up with any of the other product? I know. I know we talked NWA for a little bit, but uh, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, man. When I watch WWE, it's a pay per view, and it's usually the women's matches. <laughs> Just because, dude, I think right now, in my opinion, the women have better, way better matches than the guys do. I, I, I don't know what it is, and also, you know, watching Charlotte Flair and some of those girls work. 
it's unbelievable. You know, plus they're good to look at. Uh, and I think I think to it me helps. they're hands down better than the guys right now. And I think it helps too. Like like we've talked about it often. Um, they seem to have most of the better storylines in wrestling. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know what it is with WWE now, but it's I can't watch it. it, it and you know, seeing Braun Strowman leave, which is a really big surprise to me. Which probably just because he was making a lot of money, and they, for whatever reason, they got rid of him. But I, I don't know what they're doing up there, man. Yeah, I mean, the the word is that there might be a buyer, but they've been talking about that for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah, I, I have it, heard you know? that, but I mean, like you said, yeah, you've heard that. I mean, I, I I don't see Vince got too much of an ego to sell out, man. I don't think he's going to sell it. Yeah, but I mean, Vince is already in his mid seventies. Like, you know, how much longer? Yeah, can I, know, yeah I know, but you know how Vince is. I don't, well, I don't know if you know how Vince is. I just don't see him giving it up, man. He's too prideful. Like he, I think if he would sell that, he would think he got beat. Like, because you know, he got WCW, he beat Turner. Uh, you know, he's he's gotten all these libraries, all these tapes. He owns every fucking thing. And I, I, other than if he thinks he's already won, I can't see him sell out. I don't know if the guys asked this before, but you mentioned Vince, and I know you kind of went to WWF for a little bit after WCW. Yeah, yeah, I was there for a while. Did you ever get to interact with him? Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. (laughs) I mean, you you want me to tell you a story about Vince McMahon? I'll tell you. Yes, please, of course. Now, I met Linda, which is, she was very nice when I met her. I I talked to Stephanie several times, and Shane was always cool shit to me. I love Shane. But... And I always, Triple H was always top notch with me whenever I interacted with him. Triple H, actually, the first time I met him, he came up and introduced himself to me and said, Hey, Alan, it was nice to meet you. And I'm like, Triple H knows who the fuck I am. He's like, I love watching your matches. I love your work, man. You're great. Thanks for joining us. You know, you're part of the team. And he shook my hand and I was like, Holy shit, that was incredible. So, so then let's go to out me. I'm in Cincinnati with, you know, I'm, I'm at HWA at this point with the WWE developmental shit with all the guys from the power plant, Sanders, Shannon Moore, Jamie Noble, uh, Umaga, all the guys from Memphis, uh, Lance Cade, uh, Steve Bradley, all these guys. Uh, and uh, then we go down and do uh, OVW with Louisville. We were working with John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, Rico, and all these guys from the OVW. We'd get down there and do Sunday night TV with those guys. So, they're having a nitro in Cincinnati where that's where we're at or uh, nitro. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 raw. Yeah. So, uh, I'm getting confused here. So, uh, so I'm good friends with Sean Casey, which is the first baseman for the Cincinnati Reds in which everybody in fucking Cincinnati knows this guy. He's, he's revered in Cincinnati, you know? So I call Sean up and say, Hey, we're going to, you want to come to the show? He's like, are you fucking serious? Cause Sean used to have us over and cook chili for us. And we'd always hang out the house and watch baseball games or whatever. And uh, so Sean's like, fuck yeah. So he meets me at the arena and uh, I go down to the parking lot and, you know, he, uh, he gets there, he calls me. So I get out and meet him. We get in the elevator to go up to the, to the main, you know, to the show. Well, who's in the fucking elevator, Vince McMahon and Shane. So <laughs> Shane's like, Shane's like, Oh, Hey man. And I'm like, Hey Shane, he gives me the bro hug, you know? And uh, he's like, Hey, how's it going? I said, Hey Shane, I want you to meet somebody. He's like, I said, it's Sean Casey. He plays first base for the Reds. He goes, oh, fuck yeah. You know, he's like, hey, Sean, thanks for coming in, you know, and this and that. So I was like, hey, Vince, it's Sean Casey. And Vince went, turned his fucking head to the door. And I was like, I felt like a fucking that tall, man. And I looked at Sean, and it just got quiet. Even Shane didn't say nothing. 
And I thought, you motherfucker. I said, you know, looking back on it, I should have jumped on Vince and beat the fucking piss out of him. What I should have done. Because, you know, you know how much recognition that would have got me? Everybody would have knew who the fuck I was. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I told Sean, I apologize to Sean. I said, dude, I'm so sorry that happened. He's like, no, nah, don't worry about it, man. But I felt like shit when Vince did that to him. Because Sean Casey is one of the nicest fucking human beings you'll ever meet in your life. And he didn't deserve to get treated like that. What a dick. Yeah, right? I, dude, I wanted to beat the shit out of him. I ain't kidding you. Let me ask you. So you mentioned you would make Sean Casey would make you chili. Are we talking real chili? Oh, uh, dude, we're talking gross. better than fucking Skyline chili. That shit's gross. You put it on spaghetti. I've been to Cincinnati. I wouldn't. Dude, let me tell you something. Sean Casey could make a fucking mean bowl of chili. Let me tell you. All right. He had the cheese on it and the, and the sour cream. And man, it was good. How is this chili over the spaghetti a thing? It's fucking disgusting. Well, you know, I'm from Ohio and uh, my mom never made chili over spaghetti ever. Right. And, uh, I mean, you either made spaghetti or you made chili. And my mom could cook, too, and she never mixed the two together, so I, I couldn't tell you. Right. I went to Cincinnati to see the Mets and the Reds on opening day many years oh, ago. Okay. I got I you. took one look at that, and I said, I'll just throw this shit in my underwear. It's going to be I should better. I should better than that, right? Yeah, it's fucking gross. And people were like, you got to try the Skyline chili. Chili over spaghetti. Get out of here. You're crazy. Well, I, you know what? I really don't think Skyline chili is that great, honestly, but. Now, Sean Casey could make some chili now, I'm telling you. My mom could make some chili. But my mom passed away, so I'll never get to taste that chili again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but Sean made some damn good chili, I'm telling you. I believe it. So, you know, Sean's a three-time All-Star. You go over to three-time All-Star's house and he's making you chili, I'm going to fucking eat it even if it tastes like dog shit. Well, of course, he's your boy. <laughs> even if it tastes like dog shit. But I'm going to be honest with you, it was good chili. I ate like 10 bowls of that shit. It was awesome. Look, if once, what fool me once, shame no, on me. I'm telling you what, I would recommend Sean Casey's chili over fucking anybody's chili any day, especially Skylines. All right, oh, are you a hockey guy eat, at all? I would eat chili uh, once, and if yeah. dog shit, I'd be like, no. No, no, no. His, his actually was good, man. I, I mean, it was good. I wouldn't tell you otherwise. I, I don't lie about shit like that. But yeah, I, I used to be a hockey fan, but it, I do got a story. I went to a hockey game with Rick Flair, David Flair, and uh, Scotty Oberhausen, which did some WCW stuff uh, in Ross Foreman. So we got to sit, and uh, Rick Flair was good good friends with the owners of Chicago. Uh, what the hell was her hockey? What was her name? Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we went to a Blackhawks. I'm sorry. So I hadn't really watched hockey much lately. So uh, we go to a Blackhawks game, sit in the owner's booth, had a good fucking steak dinner. Hung out in the box and drank and had some, you know, had a good time, man. It was, it was a good time. Did you, uh, did you ever see, uh, the, the baby's arm holding the apple? <laughs> no, never saw that. No, Rick kept it, kept it in his pants. I always hear yeah. stories about taking his dick out, which is another. Yeah. One. You know what? I, he, he might've done it. He, I'm sure he wasn't going to do it there. We were in a pretty respectable place. I don't know, but I hear old school Rick Flair when he starts those cocktails going. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I, I've, I I got a couple stories of Rick Flair, too. That son of a bitch, we'd go to – when we were in Australia, you know, at this point, I'm just starting out, man. I just got my first cell phone in 99, so this was in 2000. So I actually got my wife a cell phone. I didn't even have one at this point. So – and, you know, I did actually have a cell phone at that point, but it's not working in Australia. So, you know, Rick Flair and Sting and Kevin Ash, they get a – they got one of these cell phones that you get – you know, that you can call overseas. I'm not making that kind of money yet. I'm not spending money on a cell phone over there. So we, we, we go to these hotels. Rick Flair goes 
He never even goes to his fucking room to stay in a hotel. He he never gets to his fucking room. We check in the hotel. He's in the bar the whole fucking time. So we stay in a hotel one night in Sydney. His fucking hotel bill, which is paid for, is $4,000 just for his alcohol bill. Woo! Yeah, so <laughs> I remember getting on. The, so I'm down there, and I didn't really drink a lot at this time. But he's like, hey, you want to drink? I'm like, fuck yeah, if you're buying, I'm drinking. So I, I drink a couple of drinks. I'm eating dinner in the bar. So uh, we get on the bus next morning. He's on the phone. His wife's just fucking bitching up a storm. Hey, I know, honey. I know it's $4,000. Just calm down, calm down. I'm Ric Flair. Fuck, I had to have, you know. And he's trying to get her calmed down, but he's not helping nothing because he's like, it's okay. That's what I do. You know, and he's he's trying to, you hear her just screaming, you know, and that motherfucker would have a $4,000 hotel bill and one fucking night just on incidentals. Jesus. Must be nice living that life. Unbelievable, right? Gotta be good to be flair. Because I had to work and I missed the first half. This Thursday, and I don't know if you guys covered this, I apologize, but Buddy Lee Parker is on yeah, man. podcast. Yeah, yeah you, know, you gotta watch it. I, if uh, if I'm not working uh, and I get a little little rain out action over here, definitely. dude, just download. You got the Twitch app, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He does. All you gotta do is go to MWA World. It's right there, man. As soon as you click on the fucker, you'll be so, able to listen to it. So, are you going through like the whole WCW Rolodex and getting all these guys who we haven't heard from in a long time? I, yeah, I mean, I still keep in touch. Everybody I've had on my show, I've kept in touch with over 20 years. You know. Uh, some of the guys, you know, me and some of them guys, man, we're just like your high school buddies. You don't talk to them and, you know, here you call them right back up and just pick up where you left off, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with. I'm, I'm a blue collar, you know, everyday type of guy, man, you know? Uh, did you guys ask him weird questions about Japan? Who's that, Buddy Lee? No, I did my friend, my, my co Well, we talked about Japan a little bit. What do you want to know? Did you eat some of that nasty raw horse? Dude, let me tell you something. No, hell no. But Jerry Tooth the Wall, this motherfucker would eat any fucking. Why does that not surprise me? Why? I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, bro. We go to this bar one night, me and Jerry. Well, here's the reason why Jerry liked me going over there. I wouldn't let him go out because me and him are good buddies, and I know he's got a drug problem, right? So this, all he wanted to do, that motherfucker was making $10,000 a week over there, and he would spend $9,999 by the time we left. So... When I went over there, he goes, hey, we're going to go out to dinner with all these guys. I said, no, we're not. He's like, what do you mean? I said, me and you are going to dinner. I said, if you want to buy me dinner, you can buy me dinner. But I said, tomorrow night, I'm buying you dinner. You don't come over here and spend all your fucking money. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he goes, you serious? I said, yeah. I said, me, you, and Mike Austin are going to hang out. We always got hotel rooms next to each other. I said, we're going to play fucking cards, or we're going to go out and eat and come back to the room and play cards, and you're not fucking spending a dime. And you're not fucking getting drunk and you're not fucking taking no pills. I said, I'm fucking babysitting you. And he loved it. He said, Alan, he goes, I got to tell you, man. He goes, I feel better than I ever have. He said, I love when you come over here because I go home with a pocket full of fucking money. And he said, he goes, it's fucking awesome. So he loved it when I was going over there. Well, the tour he died, I didn't go. Now, I'm not blaming myself for him dying. Don't get me wrong. But I think if I'd have been there, I don't think he would have died. Bottom line. But I don't blame myself. It's not, it's not, it's something I couldn't control and I can't, yeah, I can't, can't help it. Can't but, uh, but, uh, so, uh, we go out, me and him one night, this motherfucker orders a pig nose and it's exactly what it sounds like a fucking pig's nose. It looked like it still had snot in it. <laughs> and this motherfucker starts gnawing on it like a fucking dog eating a bone. And I'm like, 
And then he's looking up at me and he's like, this tastes like shit. I was like, and you had to fucking try to taste it to figure that out. I said, I could have told you that before you ordered it. And then he, ne- he never did finish eating it, but he sure tried. He couldn't even fucking chew it. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, and I, I wish I would have had a, a cell phone camera back then because I didn't. I was horrible at taking pictures. But some of the shit, if they would have had nowadays back then, God, or had then what they got nowadays, I, I would have had so much shit on film and pictures and stuff. It would have been incredible. Oh, my God. But this, he ate one day. We were, we go out with the Yakuza. The Yakuza's pretty. They tell you every night at the arena. Uh, this guy named Tiger. He would come back and tell us. You know, he was like the the uh, the guy uh, for the guy gene. He would he would uh, you know help you out and do whatever, right? So uh, he comes back to us every show, and he, he he we'd look out the out in the crowd, and he'd say, "Now see these guys over here. Don't go near these fucking guys. They're they're the." fucking the Cusa and you don't go anywhere near them because they'll fucking stab you. They'll fucking kill you. They don't give a shit. So I'm like, okay, so, you know, we learned how to stay away from these guys. Well, after the show, they would take you out. Now, if you go out with these guys and you drink and get drunk and fucking do whatever they do, they don't give a shit if you can wrestle the next night or not, as long as you fucking go out and party with them. So these guys would take us out to these clubs, dude, that it would cost like 500 bucks alone just to get in these clubs. So we're sitting at these clubs they got women rubbing your feet, rubbing your back, giving you a blowjob while you're eating dinner. It's fucking unbelievable. Oh, look at that. And, uh, you know, the first time I went over there, I was still married. I never cheated on my wife, so I wouldn't do none of that. I mean, if you want to rub my back, that's fine, but I'm not doing nothing else because I'm married. I just, I was one of the guys on the road that actually never cheated on his wife, if you can believe that or not. So, I believe it. yeah, the, and I remember Mike Awesome getting in a fight with one of the head guys in the Yakuza, fucking punches him in the face. We, he runs outside. I'm with... I'm with fucking Sean Hernandez. I'm like, Sean Hernandez with Impact now. Yep. I said, dude, we're going to fucking die. I said, we're dying tonight. We're, the Yakuza, Mike Awesome just punched one of the fucking head guys that had us come in his club and spent thousands of dollars on us. I said, we're fucking dead. We're going to be in a fucking trash can somewhere. You know, and I'm like, I got literally legit fucking scared. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm in Japan at the mercy of the Yakuza. I'm fucking dead. I run back to the hotel. Mike Austin, like, disappears. I'm like, fuck, I'm all by myself. I run back to the hotel. I go to the fucking hotel. I put a fucking dresser, a bed in front of the door. I'm scared fucking shitless. They're going to come get me. (laughs) I mean, I'm not afraid to tell you that story because what the fuck am I going to do against that shit over in Japan? You know what I mean? Be on somebody's plate tomorrow. (laughs) So, like I said, I get sidetracked. I'm sorry. So, we're out with the accuser one night. Me and Jerry Toots. They're fucking pouring this fucking alcohol in an ashtray, in a little ashtray with fucking butts and everything, and they're fucking drinking out of it. And if if you know if anybody knows me in my personal life, I cannot stand cigarettes. I fucking won't. If you ask me to touch an ashtray, I will tell you to go fuck yourself. I ain't touching an ashtray. I'm not smoking a cigarette. I don't want nothing to do with it. So Jerry's like, you got to drink this. I said, bullshit, motherfucker. I'm not drinking that. He's like, you have to, dude. These guys are going to get fucking pissed. So I fucking end up doing it. Oh. And I fucking wanted to die, dude. I ain't kidding you. But at this point, I had a few drinks, and I re- it wasn't probably as bad as it would have been if I was sober. Thank God. So, and I don't like seafood and stuff, right? So, Jerry's, they're taking these big-ass, I guess, prawns. They look like big shrimp with their heads got these, like, defense mechanisms on each side, like big fucking things sticking out, and they're sharp as shit. So, they were cracking their heads and sucking their fucking brains out of their I told Jerry, I said, nope, I'm not fucking doing that. Oh. And uh, I said, I already drank out of the fucking 
ashtrays, and I'm not fucking doing it. And then so Jerry had to eat all my prawn. Well, this motherfucker's so drunk, and all these guys for the, for the yakuza and stuff own this this uh, restaurant rent. So Jerry sticks one of these fucking things in his mouth with the fucking sharp edges, and he's over there gnawing on it like a fucking cow. And then he's and then he's looking at me, and blood's pouring out of his mouth, and these fucking things are stuck in his lip, and he's like, ah, and he's just, he's drunk out of his mind. And I'm looking at him, he's fucking blood is just pouring out of. I was like, what the fuck? I said, if I only had a fucking camera. So this motherfucker, he's laughing. The guys from the fucking Japan are just like, holy shit, they're having a great time, laughing like you are. And I'm like, this is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> so that, that's another Jerry Toot story. Holy shit. I love it, man. And he finished it with his mouth bleeding like that. And he was eating it and didn't give a shit. You, you've you rendered Matt speechless, and Matt is usually not at a loss for words. <laughs> I don't know how Come you on, Matt. Wake up, man. Wake up. I don't know how you follow that. That's what I mean. It's like, where do you go? <laughs> Jerry Toon had prawns stuck in his mouth. Unless Dude. he tells me there was some Japanese girl that shot the mist out of her fucking... No, that, not that night, but... I mean, that, that was how... Yeah, not that night. Maybe that was a different night. <laughs> she might have been shooting ping-pongs out of her asshole, but not mist. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get high in the muda some green mist now. yeah that, that would have been cool i would have liked to seen that though oh well, you, yeah. you caught on a bad night you must have missed it that, oh. that was the green the green enema would have been awesome <laughs> <laughs> shit oh boy Matt, i don't think we could top this buddy Woo! good golly <laughs> wow well, shit, I, I guess you, you want to end it with that story or you want to hear something else? Let's end it with, never, some, let's end it with something else. I never told you that Kevin Nash and Mike Sanders gave me a blowjob story. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, wait. wait, Kevin, wait. Kevin and Mike gave you a blowjob. <laughs> wait, wait, all right. All right. All right. Take us back. Start from the beginning. Okay, so we're in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So me and Mike Sanders are doing this PR thing at the at the jail for, for the police department, right? So we get our eight by tens. We're with the PR from WCW. Me and Mike go to the jail. We're going to tour of the jail, you know, signing autographs, doing all this stuff. So then, you know, obviously I get to meet all the police officers in the town of Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? Which after I tell you the rest of the story, this is a good thing. So uh, after the sh- we, after we do all the stuff for the police department and stuff, we take pictures, you know, give them autograph eight by tens, all the good, all the nine yards, right? So then we go to the arena. I guess some of the police officers get invited to the show and stuff. And, you know, they're all there. So we do the show. Uh, so we're leaving. So Kevin tells us we have we have a charter flight to get on. So Kevin Kevin tells me and Mike, do not get on the fucking charter flight. He said, keep your fucking rent a car, get in the fucking car and drive. We're driving to Arizona. I can't remember what town. He said, you will be there way faster than this fucking charter, dude. He goes, trust me. So we're like, okay, well, you know, he's been on the road for fucking years. We just started. So we we get in a rent a car, me and Mike. So Kevin Ash gets in a rent a car with Shay, one of the Nitro girls, and, and Ross Foreman. So, and he was the guy that was at the police department with us, the PR guy. So we're driving down the fucking highway, getting ready to go to Arizona. We're driving, we get gas, and we're driving, we're driving. So we we come up, we're going pretty fast. Like I'm driving like 80 miles an hour. So we come up on Kevin. Kevin's driving. Ross Foreman's in the car, and then Chase in there. So I said, Mike, I said, get get down, act like you're giving me a blowjob. So he gets in my lap. I'm driving the car. You know, I got my hand on the wheel, and, and I'm over here, and Mike's head's going up and down, and I'm like, oh. And I'm, 
And then, so I get right up next to Kevin Nash, right? So Mike Sanders is going to, he's going to town, dude. He's getting into the shit. So then I look over and I see Kevin Nash and I go, oh shit. And I grab Mike's head and he's like, with his mouth open going. And then I saw him over fucking lights behind me. The fucking police are following us the whole time. So fucking Kevin takes off. Me and Mike are like, oh, fuck. So I pull over. Here comes this cop. He comes walking up to the car. He's like, hey, guys, what's going on? And I said, I said, nothing, officer. I take my, I give him my, he goes, hey, wait a minute. You guys were at the police department earlier, weren't you? I was like, yes, sir, we were. <laughs> and he's, he's like, he goes, I remember you guys. He goes, what the fuck are you guys doing? I said, well, I said, you know, Kevin Ash? He goes, yeah. I said, he was in that car. We're just doing a prank on him. He's like, he goes, you guys are going pretty fast, ain't you? I said, yeah, we were going pretty fast. He goes, well, I'll tell you what. He goes, you guys slow down. I'm going to let you off. He goes, I know who you are. He goes, just be safe and quit doing stupid shit, would you? So we, I was like, yes, sir. Thank you so much. You know, we give him a, me and Mike give him an eight by 10 autograph just in case he didn't have one from earlier. And he, he lets us go. So we got off, but it, you know, it's a good story to tell the grandkids, you know. Got off. <laughs> that you got off. Could come got off. off several times. Yeah, I, I got off and I got off. <laughs> twice twice in one story. It's a shame Mike never got further in his career. Uh, you know what? He he stayed for WWE for a while, even after I got released. So you know, uh, it just it just wasn't meant to be, man. They were going to try to use him as an announcer, uh, but you know, I, all the WCW guys were doomed from the get go, dude. They they didn't want to do nothing with us. Vince just wanted to buy us and treat us like shit and help train them guys down in Louisville, help train the guys in, you know, Cincinnati, which is what we did. And then as soon as we did, they were fucking get, got rid of all of us two weeks before Christmas. The, the sad part was um, they, the purchase went through about a week before WrestleMania 17. And the only lip service that WCW gets is Shane standing in the ring Waving to all the WCW yeah. guys, and underneath all it said was WCW wrestlers. And and Mike Sanders was in that group. Yep, I think the only him, guy... Chuck Palumbo, Sean Stasiak, I think Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, and maybe one or two other guys. I don't remember. Yeah, and I think I think Chavo was the only one that really had any kind of staying power. You know, because well, I mean, up... look at who his fucking buddy is. Well, well, I think I think Johnny Ace was was in that in that picture, and I think. Uh, I don't want to say Bill DeMott, but maybe Bill DeMott. Yeah, but yeah, it, you, you might be right. He might have been in there. Yeah. But when it comes to like guys that were actually like working in the ring, like I know Johnny Ace, we know his history, you know, uh, you know, being in charge. Of, matter of fact, he's back there again. But when it came to like in ring talent, yeah, Chavo is really the only guy that had any kind of longevity, which is a shame. All these guys, yeah, you, I, there was a lot of talent there, bro. We they they dropped the ball with that whole deal, you know, as well as Kid, I do. They they dropped the ball. Kidman sure had a good run. Yeah, Kevin actually did have a good run. Have you seen fucking Pete Gruner lately? Is that his real name? Yeah, Pete. Yeah. Dude, oh, no. yeah. I saw him down here in Phillips Arena a couple years ago. Well, he's in better shape now. But this motherfucker was like 300 pounds. And, and that's when Brad Armstrong was still alive. So me and Brad were out there. I'm, me and Brad are talking. We come up. We see him. We're like, I was like, holy shit, that's Billy Kevin. And, and Brad Armstrong was goes, Look, it's the fat Pete Ruder. What the fuck happened to you? And Kim and walks and Kim was like, What? Brad's like the fat Pete Ruder. What the fuck's up? Oh, shit. <laughs> he called Billy Kidman the fat Pete Ruder. And I was like, God dang, he didn't even get mad about it. Oh man. Well, I mean, what's he gonna say, really? Well, I mean, you know, Brad Armstrong. I don't know if you know Brad or not, but before he passed away, dude, he was the fucking best dude in the world, man. 
That's what we heard. We heard that uh, that he really was like the life of the party backstage. And unfortunately, let me tell you, Brad Armstrong, man. Every day I seen this guy. Every fucking day he'd come in the store. He'd fucking lock up with me. He did that with everybody. First time he'd meet somebody, he'd like feel them out and then fucking lock up with them. Even if they didn't know how to lock, he just grabbed me. He'd lock up with them. He he was a trip, bro. That's fucking awesome. That is awesome. Uh, since we've been talking, let's remind everybody the podcast is Get Funked with Alan Kiwi Funk. It's on Twitch Thursday nights. It's available on the YouTube. Uh, hey, it's not on Facebook no more though. What happened on? Oh, fa- they, 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 yeah, they took it off Facebook for whatever reason. I don't know. Facebook's been doing that a lot lately. I hear I hear guys from other shows have been having problems with with trying to stream. Yeah, with I'm not sure what it was, but it, yeah, they they quit doing it on the 15th of uh, June, I believe. Or no. What the hell is it? 15th of May. <laughs> so it's only June 7th, man. And I hadn't even been drinking. Yeah, but it's funny. Like, like we talk about 2020 and it's like, we can't wait for this year to be over. We can't wait for this year to be over. And now all of a sudden, like 2021's here and it's like, it's, it's flying by. It's already freaking yeah, it's fucking gone. I'll be 50 next month, man. July 7th is my birthday. So give me a shout out on July 7th. You look good. I just turned 47 and I look like shit. So. About 40, you, yeah, motherfucker. I thought you were like 62. <laughs> it's, it's, no, I'm just kidding. Bro. I think it's the glasses. That widow, That's what it is. That widow's peak, isn't it? Yeah. No, nah, well, it's the hairline. Well, yeah, just shave that shit, man. I shaved mine. Yeah. Now, now see, I, now that I, I just switched the screen here, I hit it on accident. Now, see, you can see see how my eye, my right eye is compared to my left eye. That's how from, droopy it is. Is that that's from the Siaki? That yeah, it's from the Siaki incident. And you know what's funny? I I now. I'm not racist by any means, but I used to tell everybody Siaki was black, right? So uh, when 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 Sonny actually, when he hurt me, I got a story about this too. I actually called him up one night and uh, told him, you know, that I still loved him because he, I think he thought I was pissed off at him and thought uh, everybody kept saying he did it on purpose or something. So he thought I believed it. I don't know. So one Sunday night, I'm sitting at my, uh, at my townhouse and uh, I call him up. I kind of felt bad. I was like, what if Sonny thinks I hate him? Because I hadn't talked to him in a while. Yeah. So I call him up and he answers the phone and I say, Hey, Sonny, what's going on, man? He's like, Hey, Alan, what's up? And uh, I said, Hey man, I I just want you to know, man, that I, I don't have any hard feelings towards you. Uh, you know, I said, I still love you, brother. You're a brother of mine. And I said, I don't know if people tell you I hate you or whatever, but I said, it's not true. And uh, he's like, Oh, he, he was like real happy. I called him, but he said, uh, he goes, what's, are you dying or what's going on with you? He goes, why would you call me and tell me that all of a sudden out of nowhere? I said, well, Cause I want you to know that I don't want you to think I fucking hate you because I don't hate you, and uh, you know him and I are still good buddies. But uh, yeah, but uh, when I introduce him to somebody, like if he was on the show with us, I would introduce you as I would say, "Hey, this is uh, Sonny, the nigger that almost killed me," and uh, he would ju- he would just go, "What the fuck?" Like he wouldn't say nothing. Like he was just quiet. He wouldn't say a word. Because <laughs> I always tell everybody he's black. So I said, "Yeah, he's the nigger that almost killed me." <laughs> And then it's funny. On coincidence, I was looking at some something popped up on Facebook today and said, you know, you know, like your memories or whatever. And I had a post on there where I kept poking John Huger, which was Johnny the Bull. And Johnny Bull said, I know you're gay and you like gay sex, but quit fucking poking me. And then, you know, then I said, I love you. And then Sonny Siaki says, said something. He chimed in. And I said, and I said, hey, Sonny, don't you have a white guy's face to smash? <laughs> and he didn't. He didn't fucking say a word. <laughs> Holy shit! So wow. I, I give Sonny a hard time, but he deserves it. He almost killed me. Almost killed you. No, it's it's nice to see that you guys are getting along though. That that's that's a good thing. Oh yeah, I, I don't hold a grudge, man. Life's too short, bro. Agreed. Unbelievable. 
Alan. I mean, I might talk shit about people, but I, you know, I, I, in the end, I'll, I'll make it right. No, it's good. And you get along with everybody. I mean, I know you say you're a little bit crazy, but this, dude, this has been fun. This has been a pleasure. It's, I mean, it's the rest of it. You got to be somewhat fucking crazy. Now, look, I know that you were like, oh, it hasn't even been an hour yet. It's been two hours, man. This has been an Oh, yeah, it's been glad. close. Yeah, man. I, I, I didn't realize it was that long. <laughs> That's all right, man. That means you're having a good time. And we're you guys glad. probably fucking hate me. You're like, this guy, we'll never invite this guy on again. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> get I'll tell you what. Next time you have me on, I'm going to get uh I'm going to get Chuck Pormo to get on here with me. That'd be awesome. You're... That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck will do it. Chuck will do it. He, let me talk to him this weekend when I see him down. In, I'm going to see him in Jacksonville this weekend. Sounds yeah. good. Once again, everyone, the show is Get Funked with Alan Queeley Funk. It's not available on Facebook, but it's available on Twitch and YouTube. Check it out. It drops Thursday. Buddy Lee Parker's going to be on. Uh, it's a work in progress, but it's been fucking amazing. I've checked out some of the old Appreciate episodes. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Jump on it. Anything you want to leave everybody with before we let you go? Nah, man. You guys got any tips for me for the podcast? You think I'm doing all right or what? You are. You're. You've been doing fantastic. Just keep grinding. You're gonna reach the yeah, point. I'm only six shows in, man. So yeah, it's something new to me. I'm just trying to learn, you know. Yeah, just keep grinding. And the guys over at MWA, they'll they'll keep pushing for you, and everything's gonna work out. But. Don't don't fall into like it's not happening fast. It will happen. Just no, no, I'm, I'm not that type guy. Shit, I've been in wrestling business for 21 years. I'm still thinking I'm gonna get a break. <laughs> <laughs> this is it right here. Got hey, it. I, you never know, bro. <laughs> hey man, I, I'm excited to be on here, man. I love doing these podcasts, man. You know, when I when I first agreed to him, I'm like, fuck. You know, like I gotta hurry up and go to the gym. I gotta get back. You know, and then I'm like, and then when I do them, I'm like, I'm so glad I did that fucking podcast. Well, we're glad that you joined us. I'm sorry I missed half of it, but I did send your T-shirt today in the mail. So, oh, did you? Cool, man. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, the Shining Wizards T-shirt and uh... sweet. All right, I'll, I'll wear it on my podcast. Oh shit! Oh, what, what color? We you just got one color? It's pink and black. Ah oh, fuck! Oh come I'm on, dude! Didn't we no, wear? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wear I'm just fucking with you. Did you spend Look, most of your career you, wearing you, pink? You come on, your now. entire career, and you're going to shit about it now, man. You know, no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. I'll wear it. <laughs> Maybe just wipe your ass with it. Whatever, as long as we can see the logo, I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll actually, you know what? One of these, well, on the Zoom, I don't know how to do it yet. I can't figure this fucking green screen out with the Zoom. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, I, but Streamyard is so easy. It'll come. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll put your your uh, up behind me uh, if I can get one of your logos or something. I'll put it up in one of my shows behind me. We can absolutely take care of that. That would be awesome. Yeah, shoot me uh, like on uh, Messenger or something. Shoot me one of your uh, backgrounds. I'll put it up there for you. Sounds fantastic. One of these shows. If you get it to me, I'll do it this week. Awesome. As long as Piers Austin don't get mad. You guys know Piers? Don't know if I know him personally. He's the one that started the MWA podcast. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he re- I, I did a show. I did his podcast, and he reached out to me and said, man, you were – I liked your vibe when you did the show, man. You were all, you, you had some good stories. He said, I, I, I'd like you to, if you want, do do a podcast of your own. I said, yeah, fuck it. Let's try it. You have any uh, – any? I know Buddy Lee is this Thursday, but there's is there anyone down the road? Any, any big – Dude, I tell you what, I got some big fucking people. I'm trying to get, and they're not wrestlers. I'll tell you that they're in the entertainment business, but they're fucking top a list fucking stars. Unbelievable. So, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to get Goldberg. I uh, hadn't heard nothing back from him yet, which would be a good one to get. You know what I mean? But uh, I mean, my goal, you know, starting this podcast, my fucking goal was to get Joe Rogan on here one day and he's going to be on here. 
he's no there's nobody more polarizing than joe rogan right now no shit i mean when you think of podcast that's first name that comes to my mind 100 percent, 100 percent. you know that, that's a great and then you, got, set, you guys man. are the second but you know he's definitely first yeah, small steps that's what we say <laughs> but you know uh, sentence what's that just to be mentioned in the same sentence i'll take it yeah right shit Nothing I mean, wrong you know, with that. I mean, I know you're full of shit, but I'll take it. No, you, you, I mean, shit, you're doing the same thing he's doing. What the hell's the difference? <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're terrible. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, Joe Rogan is a pretty fucking smart guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, and we're uh, we're one smart person, Kevin, and then the biggest dummy in the room, me. Yeah. Is it so? Is that is that DDP behind you? Your slammy DDP. It is. Yes, it is. Ah, oh, dang. Well, you know, I guess one of these days I'm going to have to have Paige on here, too. Oh, 100%. Great guest. Then we, we I, got a, I got a good story with Paige real quick. Me, we're in the locker room talking about, a ju- like, juicing. You know, I was asking people about juicing one time because I was thinking about getting a juicer, right? Fucking DDP's always got to one-up you. Of course. He's in there going, with his fucking five cell phones, bro. Let me put down my cell phone, bro. You know? And then he's like, yeah. And then his other fucking cell phone. I'm like, how, how many cell phones you got? Bro, I got to have five. DDP's got to have five, bro. You know, and then he's like, I hear you talking about juicers, bro. He goes, check it out. I got a $2,000 juicer, bro. <laughs> fucking amazing. You know, and I'm like, God dang. We were just laughing. We're like, God. And then now I tell everybody, I'm like, check this out, bro. I got a $20,000 juicer. You can't fucking beat it, bro. Hit my music. Bang. Does it juice your nuts for 20 grand? I mean, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, I, but when he said that, dude, I, I don't even rem- know if he remembers saying that shit, but I'm just thinking, this motherfucker got a $2,000 juicer. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. He's living life, man, I tell you. God dang. Alan, this has uh, been an absolute pleasure. Anytime, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. You've got an open invitation, brother. Anytime you want to come. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. Thanks for uh, hyping my podcast up too. No problem. Best of luck with the show, brother. Hey, thanks. Same to you guys, man. Thanks for having me. Alan Funk, everyone. Kiwi. Thank you. Wow. Incredible. Unbelievable. I just just got a message from another podcast that he goes, brothers, this interview is wild. It's Matt. I could not believe he was. St- it might be the craziest thing we've ever done. I started listening, but the I don't. I guess the, I guess Facebook doesn't work so great in my car when I'm trying to drive home. Probably not. <laughs> I would. I would not think so. Can you turn your mic up at all? Like your mic just seems really low. Me? No, Matt. Oh, no. Me. Yeah. How's that? Better? Uh, no, not really. Oh well, fuck off, man. No, now it's good. He was fine with. Better? I think he was fine with, with uh, Alan. No, it's I. I don't know what it is. My loopback goes up and down. Kevin was. Oh, cu- your loopback sucks a bag. Yeah, I, I don't know. We got to figure something else out. How do I? How do I sound now? You sound fine. Now you sound fine. Well, fucking the Funkster mentioned fucking Streamyard. If I gotta listen to fucking Kate tell me about goddamn Streamyard one more Kate, time. Yeah, it's the same thing with me. Stick my yeah. fucking head in the pizza oven. Yeah, Kate. Get it, Kate. Fucking Streamyard. How about you do something for the fucking podcast, Kate? Holy shit. Oh, oh boy. Matt, who was Bro. the guy on the on the on the Mark Order podcast this week that was the less handsome you? Oh, it's Ryan, Ryan Schlong, tip of the Schlong. Oh. 
That's the schlong. That's the schlong. That's unfortunate. Why? Because he's not you. No, I'm I'm a busy guy. I don't know what to tell you. You have better things to do. You can say it. It's fine. The rest of your Wednesday night crew know that you fucking can't stand them. It's okay. It's not true. I'm going to Baltimore with them. I'm excited. I'm going to Baltimore on Thursday. You going to come with me? Come with me, Matt. To work. Uh, Working man's a sucker. Matt. Yo. If you have a barbecue, the next barbecue that you have, I'm coming to if I'm invited. Why wouldn't you be invited? I don't know. Because I'd never <laughs> go to anything. So yeah, I always invite you guys up for wrestling shows, and I know you're going to say no, but at least I throw it out he, there. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't lying, Kev. No, he's right. The day that he stops asking me is like the day that like I know that we've gone too far, Tony. <laughs> Matt, I know, oh, yes. I know you. I know you came in late to the party, but you need to listen to the first hour of the interview. I plan an hour and a half. I was real late. Fucking six, wild. This was a six-hour interview. And I'm not doing the show past ten o'clock. So if we got a lot to talk about, we better fucking jump right into it. Does anybody have to pee? Because I'm gonna fucking just keep barreling through. I'm dying. <laughs> Tony's gonna shit his leg. No, I'm good. I'm good. Dinner actually arrived late tonight, so I had to hurry up and eat before I can get on the show and. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, if you guys want to stick it through and try to yeah, you go piss. Do you have to pi- Matt? You're good, right? I'm good. You got I Patreon list. You want to just run through Patreon? Fuck the commercials. Yeah, absolutely. Right. While Matt's pulling that up, I just want to tell everybody: make sure you're tuning into the Shining Wizards Network. We've got a cavalcade of shows, including the Hold Midnight on. Jewelry and uh, and uh, Inconclusive Breakdown and uh, Ringside Rant and uh, Turnbuckle Throwbacks and the Mark Order Podcast and who am I missing? I'm missing other people. Uh, hockey night in Canada. Wrestling night in Canada and radioactive metal. And don't forget about the boys with the K, 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 broadcast K. Broadcast. Yes. Dude, you. I don't know why you're so quiet. I don't know why either. I don't know. I don't know. I got all my shit is open, right? It's, my loop back is open. My mic. I can't turn my shit lou- any louder. No, not in your ears. Your mic on the soundboard. Oh, asshole. I know. My mic. It won't go. It's at max. All right. Good for you. I'm maxed out. All, All right. right. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe my microphone is shot. You know what you could tell me? You could tell me about the uh, the Patreon supporters and how people can join them if they'd like to. If you enjoy what you're li- If you en- enjoy the Alan Funk interview. Legendary. And you want to support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, you can do so at our Patreon, patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. I recommend the $3 tier because not only does it get you mentioned on this show every single week with the likes of Alan Funk and Ice Train. Shut the fuck up, Alexa. Fuck off. I don't know why that horse talking. Really? Uh yeah, Eric Young, Thunder Rosa, David LaGreca, all been on the show. You can be mentioned with them. But $3 a month, you get four bonus shows from the Shining Wizards. Kevin and Tony did an awesome uh, cover of uh, Fall Brawl 95. The three of us did a great uh, retrospective on Bad News Brown for May. Uh, Tony did a watch-along to an ECW dog collar match. Uh, we did the, the Inside the Ropes crossword puzzle, which crossword. was hysterical. Crossword puzzle is the sleeper hit of May. Yeah, so we got, and that's every month. We find time. I don't know how, but we will find time, and we will give you bonus content. So for $3 a month, you get your name mentioned 
and four bonus shows. Do you have a cap behind your head, by the way? Yes, <laughs> Nelly I see is, an ear, like, over here. Is, like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I have not been home. She misses you. That's all right. All right, keep going. Who, who are we thanking this week? We're going to thank the Queen of the Shining Wizards, Kathy Hummer, the King of the Shining Wizards, Mr. Manny Kratzo, uh, Danny and Anthony Rusinello, the AOP of the SWP, Ryan Arthur over at Elementary.com, uh, local brewery here in New Jersey. If you're looking for some great hooch, check out Elementary.com. Um, Sean Toe, Sean Calejo, Ryan Schlong, Brett Simonello. What do you hear? What do you say? Catherine Hensler uh, on DeckIC.com. Uh, I don't know what she does. She still won't tell me what her like job is, but it's her company, and she does stuff. So go to ondeckic.com. If you need stuff done, go to ondeckic.com. Yeah, she's getting stuff done all day, all day, every day. She will do Stream stuff yard. to your stuff. Yeah, StreamYard. And if you want pictures of her feet, definitely hit her up. She's all about that. Onlyfans.com slash Karen's feet. No, Kate's feet. Karen's feet. Who's Karen? I thought she's Karen. No, Catherine, Kath- Catherine's feet. Uh, Matt Garifo, no relationship to the KJG. Oh, Maddie Mellinger. Look at that timing. Christine Friesendorf. Uh, Mark Parloni. Happy birthday, Mark. Of course, this is his birthday every fucking week. He doesn't listen. He doesn't even know the fucking game. Every day's your birthday. Kenny Hossie, the Scotch drink more. Hossie. Uh, Jacob, the big copper pump from the turnbuckle throwbacks. Fuck I don't have any yeah. disparaging comments. They had, uh, they had technical difficulties again this week. I mean, Phil's alive. He just texted me about Judas Priest about 40 minutes ago, so I can't ask if he killed himself. Um, <laughs> Th- Thomas Copps, the Mott Spock. He's, yeah. uh, he'll be out here for uh, f- uh, Best in the World with uh, Idaho something. I don't know. He's got a weird name for his wife, too. Apparently, everyone in the, the Mott Spock family has a state for a first name. Matt, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's the most confusing guy in the world. He calls his I wife. I don't know who he is. He, like, doesn't, what's his... he doesn't call his wife Idaho, does he? Idaho, Idaho something. Idaho Falls, Idaho. Please change that. Please change that. I told that. him. I said, I ain't calling your wife Idaho. Yeah, Call what her by whatever fuck, her name Come is. Come on. Because Idaho. Name is. Uh, Michael Hammond, David Henry Bauer III, his pal Antonio Horseman makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. I wonder if Antonio Horseman realizes how many plugs he gets every week because of us. All right. Antonio Horseman, put a fucking dollar down. Jesus Christ. Yeah, come Matthew on, Birch, the true prince of pro. Uh, the Bergman, the LeBron James of Mattel Elite Figure Collecting. Uh, Roll. What's up, uh, Roll? Brendan, Brendan Haney. And Ooh. last but certainly not least, William Mercier Jr. Glad I got back in time for this. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean. Yeah, motherfucker, yeah! He knows what you mean, Kev. So how are you guys doing? How's everyone doing? God damn it, Nelly. No. Oh, leave Nelly alone, you big fucking oh, baby. Cat, dude, the cats are driving me crazy. They're waking me up at like fucking 4 o'clock in the morning every night. 4 o'clock in the morning every night? Are you involved in any sort of cat Facebook group to try to seek help oh, for this? Oh, I just wanted them to leave me alone so I could sleep. Wow. Matt, mm. turn, Matt turning pussy down. Who knew? Oh. Oh, I thought, oh, I didn't want to. Oh. This grossed me out. So, how are you guys doing? How's everything? We're, oh, we're great, Matt. We talked to Alan Funk for two hours. 
Yeah, I know. Him and Scotty Riggs should do a podcast together. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to limit our guests to 50 to 20 minutes, and then we're going to talk to the immediate first guests for two hours. Dude, it got to 45. I was trying to wrap up. He's like, oh, we haven't even talked for an hour yet. You guys want to hear stories? Yes, Matt, of we course. Try, like, I'm glad that we did what we did, but we tried so many times to try to wrap it up. I couldn't believe you, you guys were still talking to him. And then I was like, well, I can't say shit because I'm sure they covered everything by now. No, well, because well, here's the thing, Matt. We needed you here to to do to do it for us, because no, we you know were, me and Tony ain't doing it. No, but we we were fine. We covered everything we wanted to cover. We asked about everything. We got some stories from Japan, and like next thing you know, he's like, "You guys want to hear a story about uh, Lex Luger who fucking killed Elizabeth?" Of course we do. Sure. I think we have too many stories. Uh, the stories are fantastic. He's a gem, that guy. Uh <laughs> no ill feelings towards Sonny Siaki either. No, no, no. None whatsoever. None at all. None. Um, Matt, I really don't want to be doing a show till 11 o'clock tonight. I know we had a guest for two hours, but please, let's get to the important stuff. Do you know what important stuff we need to get to? Well, there was a Picks. pay-per-view on Sunday. Does oh, a pay-per-view? Like- Shit. We started talking NWA with Kiwi. How crazy is that? He's like, so, so crazy. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, yeah, I saw that shit. Okay. That's it. He saw it. You guys didn't talk about it. No, we talked about it. Then he started going into a, uh, a suicide PSA that he did with May Valentine and James Storm. Uh, not Sam Houston. No, no Sam Houston was mentioned. I was fucking laughing my balls off at the dark side of the ring when Sam Houston starts talking about killing himself. And all I could see is that goddamn ballroom at the fucking hotel, Legend of the Ring. And it's just it's just a spotlight on just Kevin and Sam Houston where Kevin's like, hey, you want to do an interview? And he's like, I tried to kill myself three days ago and I'm back and I'm ready to do stuff. And I was like, wow. We got to find out and isolate that. <laughs> so, I didn't know what to do with myself. I mean, and, how do you, how, what do you do with that? <laughs> how do you start an interview with that, by the way? Like, how do you, like, how is that the first thing that you that comes out of your face? Oh, uh, oh God bless Sam Houston. Uh, no, obviously that, I didn't watch it, but apparently Grizzly Smith is a terrible, terrible man. Grizzly yeah. Adams? Grizzly Smith. Grizzly Smith. No, not Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Yeah, but Grizzly yeah. Adams was the fucking bear guy in the woods, wasn't he? That's right. Grizzly Adams here. <laughs> hey, roar! <laughs> Wish I had that on the soundboard yet. We did fucking picks for oh. this WA when shadows fall. Kevin, I want you to know there was a countdown. We had me and Tony had a side countdown clock, and we were hoping you fucking missed this pay per view. You know what? I you know what? I knew that you guys did because it was at 358 and I still didn't like I didn't know that it started at 4. Like I literally saw a Tony's reply to a Dave LaGreca tweet. Yeah, that was my bad. You motherfucker. I didn't and mean he, to and I after I sent it I'm like Kevin's the kind of guy who this this tweet is going to come across his feed and he's going to fucking get him in now and sure as shit. And here here's what it is though. I still didn't think it started at 4. I just started to do my research at 3.58, and then I saw that that pay-per-view started at 4. Matt, wait, I got to ask, like, oh, ask Matt one question. Matt, 
We put our picks in our three-way chat. Do you think Kevin saw those picks? I have no idea. The answer no, would be no. He did not nope. see that we picked a couple of Didn't blurbs above from where he was posting his fucking picks. Didn't see him. Till, really? till I Till I sent mine, I did not see yours. <laughs> you did one of them. I, I mine Listen, I didn't, even know, I didn't even know any of the matches. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like JTG or something. Like, like, I didn't know anything that was happening on this show. Oh, Kevin, there was a hard... Tony was on a hard countdown. I was, like, cleaning up the truck. He's like, three minutes. I'm, like, fucking running around like an asshole yesterday. <laughs> the minute I get in the truck... I get a fucking notification on my watch, and I look down at your picks, and I'm like, this motherfucker got him <laughs> right on time. Got him right on time. <laughs> that, like, I, I swear to you, I went to the, I literally Googled uh, NWA when shadows fall picks and predictions, or, or, or card and predictions, and I just went down the card and just picked the first thing I, I read. Other than a couple, like, I, I, I felt like I had a couple good ones, but literally, Matt, this was the first time I think we've done picks that I had absolutely no clue. No clue what I was doing. Well, your results showed. showed. And it showed. <laughs> you know what? But you came out with two wins. Two is two wins is better than going 0-7. Yeah. Because Tony picked up some ground. And I continue to uh, slowly... Slowly. No, no, you picked up. You picked up a win. Picked up a game. Don't worry, we got fucking NXT this weekend. We got Hell in the Cell next weekend. There were, oh yeah, Tony's making faces. They're coming, baby. Picks are coming. Fucking Tony, hate picks. you love it. You freaking love it. Hate picks. Tony's Tony's like, what are you three games back now? I have zero notes. I printed nothing out. Yeah, you're three games back at Kevin. I'm uh, seventeen games back. Oh, Tony's close. Yeah, he's close. He went four and three at, at NWA. Uh, t- Kevin, you went two and five. I went three and four. I think none of us picked the tag match proper, the uh, the four way. Yeah, we uh, each picked fucking different teams, and none of us won. Yeah. What are the odds, dude? <laughs> yeah. The three of us picked three different teams, and the three of us all got it wrong. That's it's like incredible. that's some fucking disgustingly horrific odds yeah. that we all fucking choked on. Yeah. Um, the other one we all dropped was we all thought that um, that under uh, Rosa and Molina. Yeah, and Smiley Kylie pulled out a fucking shenanigans. I don't know if you guys saw it, Kev. I know you did. Uh, we got to see some Molina butt cheeks. Oh, I didn't see butt cheeks. Oh yeah, when Kylie rolled her up, she had a fucking she had, must have had five handfuls of tights, dude. The the full moon was oh. out in the fucking Atlanta studios yesterday. No, I didn't see it. I, I that's the one thing I regret. I'll probably watch it again. Butt Chica Mania running wild. <laughs> uh, I think we all won on JTG. Yes, we did. And that was the only one we all won on. Yep. Because uh, me and Tony took Strictly Business to retain. Kevin took Stevens and Kratos. Wait, I thought no, we Stevens took Strictly Business to win. Yeah, Kratos and Stevens retained. Oh, sorry, yes. My apologies. Um, um, we took Matt and I took Tyrus. Kevin took the Pope. Tyrus won. Oh, my won. God. What a stupid. What a freak. Yeah, that was a bad pick. Considering it was non-title, that's the way that that had to go. Um, I took Camille. You guys took Serena Deeb, which pff, well, I don't know what the fuck you guys were thinking. Because I just didn't think uh, Camille was ready. No, she well, she may not be ready, but she was ready enough, and it was a fucking great she's match. She's got the she's got the look, but there's something about Serena Deeb, like she's like the perennial workhorse wrestler who doesn't necessarily have the greatest gimmick, greatest look. Or anything like that, but she's just so good at what she does. That I, th- I just felt that it wasn't time to take it off her. I thought about it today, 
she may be the modern women's equivalent of what Bret Hart was. I, I think that's a perfect comparison. Champion, great in the ring, a great leader. She can walk anybody through a great match. Yeah. Fantastic. But she just doesn't have, she doesn't exude like the star power that you'd think that a woman's championship, like Camille is like a. She's no, like I a, get it. But, but the nice thing, the nice thing about the setup in, in the, uh, the NWA studio is that you get to see the expression on her face. You get to hear yeah. her when she's like, when she's in a move that she's selling it. And that, that goes a long way. Like, she had a great match with Riho at uh, AEW last weekend. But, like, seeing her up close against Camille, like, leading Camille through this fucking great match, like, she, she she's just on another fucking plane, dude. Not even another level. She's, like, yeah. on another plane of existence with her fucking talent. It's I, unreal. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Although, Tony, they got to change that fucking belt, man. You know what though? They're they're paying they're paying. I don't care, Tony. I don't care. But it's all of them. It's all the belts. No, nah, the and the ten pounds of gold is still great. It has its charm, but that woman's it it look literally looked like a toy in Camille's hand. Well, I think that's kind of maybe what they're going for, being that Camille is so big, you know. No, it just it literally looked like she was holding like a, a belt that you got from like KB Toys in 1994. I get it. I mean, they could have decked it out a little more. They could have put some better side plates on it. But I don't know. I kind of like the belt, but in comparison to the other belts, you're right. It does. It's a little lackluster. Uh, the other other match was um, Matt and I pulled out Nick Aldis with the win, and you took Trevor Murdoch. Yeah. Yes, uh, Matt. I have to go back and listen. Welcome, Matt. Now, Kevin, I, I don't know. Maybe I make things up. Maybe I get a little carried away with the oh, booger. Oh, here we go. No, listen, I'm no, a jackass, I'm pretty, so I'm it's pretty all right. sure. No, no, I'm pretty sure this motherfucker over here, he said he was taking the booger eater to win the title a couple weeks ago. That wasn't And guess who didn't take the booger eater? Not you, Kevin. Fucking Tony. Oh, oh, sorry. The Shawn Michaels of the group, the liar. What? I'm, pr- I'm going to go back and find the audio. You yeah, said what a, yeah. you know what, man? And then you fucking, you rolled like a fucking cheap fucking rug, and you went, oh, Picnic Aldous, you went back on everything yeah. you believed in. Yeah. Listen, yeah, I I believe in Trevor Murdoch, but I did not believe it was going to happen Sunday. Look, look. Wait, I'm pretty, this, sure, I'm, pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I said that I was going to convincingly take Trevor Murdoch, I think. Th- this was my thought process. I thought Strictly Business was going to win the tag belts. I thought Camille was a lock for the world title, you know, for the women's championship. Why would they have the rest of Strictly Business win the belts at this point and Nick Aldis not be the world champion? That was my thought. It didn't work out completely, but now we've got two world champions in Strictly Business. And Trevor's going to get his day, dude. He's going to get his day. They're working for that next show. Championship material. Ah. Why? Because he, he likes because he dines on boogers periodically. Fuck off. Like He's Nick Aldis been... never ate a fucking booger in his life. You gonna tell me that? I'll eat a booger right now. Nick Aldis tell probably had boogers spoon fed on a fucking one of them little silver spoons, but he ate fucking boogers. Don't kid yourself. Every good champion eats boogers. That's that's my phrase for the night. I agree. That's the name of the episode. What? What happened? Did the Mets trade somebody? I... No, fucking Eli brought Peyton into the restaurant tonight. Rhiannon reopened the kitchen to give them dinner. Are you mad at that? Wouldn't you? I was just fucking there. Oh, you 
Oh, t- Tony, Tony, you're way off, way off base. Peyton Manning in freaking Matt's restaurant, and he just left. Oh, he's he's a fucking idiot. Oh, I'm fucking bummed about that now. You should be. You came back to join us for the Alan Funk interview. Shame on you. Yeah, that's the second leg. We had it all under control, and you came back, and you missed out. My God, Matt, he has no, he has no sympathy, no sympathy for okay, you. Okay, so here you go. Kevin stands at seventy-eight wins, twenty-three losses, one draw. Uh, Tony is three games back, seventy-five wins, twenty-six losses, one draw. Matt is four hundred and seventy-two games back at sixty-one, forty, and one. Yeah, and he didn't get to fucking meet the Manning brothers tonight, so that's a big fucking yeah, fail. Yeah, that's a huge there. loss. You should get a couple more tacked on for that. Although Matt did make up one game, he's only fourteen games back officially. But who's no, I'm like no, he's seventeen back from Kevin, 17. fourteen from me. Whatever. I'm making it up this weekend at NXT and the next. Oh, week. no oh, chance. No, no chance. Watching hell in a cell. I'm going five and zero, oh, fucker. No chance. Fucker. I watch NXT. I know what's happening. No, I'm taking it over. I'm taking over everything. I can't even talk to my wife right now. I got to put a fucking phone away. You're mad at her? Matt, take it out. Squeeze Diamond Dallas Page. Just squeeze it really hard. Squeeze squeeze your balls. Pretend it's a $2,000 juicer. Yeah, get some Bluetooth. Hey, Matt, I know you were were happy at this. We got a brand new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Ah, fucking so happy to see that this morning. I can't wait to watch the match. Me either. Me either. What happened? Shingo Takagi defeated Kazuchika Okada for the vacant championship. After Okada was talking all that shit that he doesn't like the fucking world championship, that it goes against history and wah, wah, wah. You know what else goes against history? This fucker didn't win it. You know who's listed on the, on the championship list? Two of my fucking guys, Shingo and Abushi. There you go, son. Whoa, whoa, what Get is this? Shingo's your guy I told you last week when they announced him, I said, how great would it be if Shingo won the fucking match? You're like, yeah, because you're Okada. But, uh, uh, uh. Hold easy. on. No, no, no. It's, look, you could say it'd be great if so-and-so won a title. Now he's your guy? He's my fucking guy, dude. How much did I love his match against Whoa. Jeff Cobb at fucking Wrestle Kingdom? You love one match of his, and now he's your no, guy? No, 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 no. I've loved all the shit of him. Dude, he's been having a breakout 2021. Come on, dude. Breakout 2020. Yeah! Breakout 2019, bitch! Breakout everything! He's the fucking world champion. Are you? I don't think so. I'm the, my own world champion, buddy. Not not in the fucking pizzeria painted Manning world, no, you're not. No, no, he, he's my world champion. He had the belt at his wedding. Come on. Yeah, that's true. I still have it. I'm so... So, Matt. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, folks. Sorry, that's a huge. Come on, man. Me and Eli are like amigos. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Listen, I I respect this. I respect every everything that Matt's saying right now. I get this take. Does Peyton Manning like when Peyton Manning walks in the pizzeria? Does he high five you in the kitchen like he used to do with all those commercials he did? I don't know because I wasn't there, dickhead. You know, I thought you met Peyton before. Oh, you met Eli oh, before. Eli, because Eli lives there in town. He always comes by. He's a great guy. You don't even like Peyton Manning anyway. What are you talking about? This, look at you Matt name. He's one of the look. greatest quarterbacks ever. My wife just thinks he's some fucking goofy-looking dude, probably. She just served him. Like, whatever. You're just another dude. Wait, she didn't know that he, they, it no, was... No, of course she knows, but she's not like a sports <laughs> fanatic. I was going to say, your wife is pretty weird just opening the kitchen for some random guys. Can we, that can we, just, can we just pause for a second and uh, let Matt take the name drop award of the night, by the way? 
so uh, just disheveled. She, I can't wait to watch Shingo and Okada. Fucking my boy El Desperado retained against your fucking stupid ass half of a tag team or Pungi Bungi Bungi. Bungi 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 Bungi. And then your fuck boy beat uh, Hula Hula the Pineapple Man in what was supposed to be an excellent match. Of course he did. He's the fucking greatest oh, in the world. Of course he did. Stop. So what? I got to watch Kota Bushi chase the title wow? He's... You know Kota Bushi's a fucking loser. Didn't Jeff Cobb like throw him like in the air like a pizza pie, Matt? No, I didn't see, man. Uh, no, I just thought you. I, yeah, there's a myself. gift going around with him doing that. Yeah. Oh, I got to check it. I've been like, I woke up, I checked my Instagram, I checked the Facebook, I checked the Twitter, it. I see what's going on. Checks right? it all. Then I got to deal. I'm dealing with this goddamn fucking tree company. There's fucking trees all over my goddamn yard because the fucking storm came through Friday. Mm-hmm. They couldn't finish their work. They ripped out it. They moved the plant for me. They didn't put it back. My wife's all pissed off about that. I had to deal with that. I haven't got my confirmation of my Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor tickets yet, so I had to send them a fucking email. Then I got to deal with the fucking Patreon. I got to put all those packages together. I got a fucking giant box from highspots.com. I had to go through that. Some fucking gems of T-shirts that are going out in some of these prize packages, people like... Oof, a lot of impact stuff. A lot of leftover impact stock at uh, highspots.com. Oh, baby. Uh, then I organized everything, and I, it was just, I had to go to the post office. The lady at the post office loves me. Uh, then That's I came good. home, and I, it was fucking 2 o'clock already. I only had time to watch Ring of Honor. I'm talking to Tony all morning about the, the Alan Funk, make sure he had what he needed. I watched Ring of Honor, too. Uh, was there? I'm sorry, Kevin. Uh, Tony and Kevin... Anything from the NWA when our shadows fall that you guys would like to talk about? This is not about me. I'm sorry. No, I mean. <sighs> no, you've earned it. Kevin Kevin was kind of disappointed with certain things on the show. Uh, I thought it was a decent show all around. Uh, Tyrus is in slow motion yet. That's that's one thing. But, you know, other and- than that, I like the women's tag match. I like the uh, the tag title match. I like the four-way match. I thought those guys all worked well together. It was a fucking... Sp- it wasn't really a spot fest, but it was kind of like a lot of moving in and out, which I enjoyed. Um, disappointed that my boy fucking uh, Slice Boogie didn't win. Um, yeah, I'm digging Kratos and fucking Aaron Stevens still working together, even though I was hoping Strictly Business would have won. Jigglypuff. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin thinks. Kevin likes the titties. Kevin likes the Kevin likes the titties on the tag team champions. Let's just leave it at that. All right, Kevin. How many boys do you have? What do you mean? How many wrestlers are your boys, right? Because this guy's fucking throwing it around like it's like it's a snowball in January. Everyone's his boy. Slice Boogie's his boy. Shingo's his boy, apparently now. Who else are you a big fan of, Tony? Yeah, yeah Tony. Um, fraud. What would you watch some Ring of Honor Day? You a big uh dark flamita fan all of a sudden? No, I watched your fuckboy Bret Hart's fucking show on A and E, which was actually really good, by the way. You didn't get that's, your that's, boy? That's both boy? our fuck boys. He's kind of my boy. What do you mean, kind of your boy? He called Shawn Michaels a dick, so that gives him points. Oh, That's a foul language. The sky was the fucking the sky was blue. That's obvious. Shawn Michaels is a piece of shit. <laughs> Matt, is your name late guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's gonna. You're gonna fucking shit your pants, dude. I had fucking. I had chicken salt on both. Tony, go away. Me and Matt will do another hour. Yeah, chicken salt and boca. Yeah, for dinner it was good. You got chicken salt and boca delivered? Fuck yeah, dude. 
You eat out a lot. <laughs> That's what she said. If she did, you wouldn't have a kid. Pretty sure that's what Alan Funk said. If we had another hour with him, the Funkster. What about uh, Nick Aldis and Booger Eater? You said you liked the finish. I liked where they went with it. I don't understand how they kind of worked into that Nick Aldis won by disqualification from that finish. But hey, I'll take the finish. I'll take it. It's a fucking point. So, um, yeah, dude, they're 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 moving on to something else. Aldis is gonna. All this is going to turn around and say Trevor Murdoch doesn't deserve a rematch because he fucking lost. So Trevor's going to have to earn another way in. They're going to have it where there's going to be no interference, no nonsense, no gaga. They're probably going to have a cage match. I would imagine that they're planning on having a pay-per-view somewhere else, maybe outside the studio, try to sell some tickets to it. So maybe there's that. Maybe they want Trevor to get that big win in front of a big crowd. What will that uh, show be called when uh, after the shadows have fallen? That's right. It's going to be called The Rainbow After the Shadow. Yes, when the bellies fall. Did you enjoy Velvet Sky's uh, alligator tears? (sighs) That was rough. Let me tell you about Velvet Sky. Oh, please do. (laughs) Yes, Kevin Kevin loves Velvet Sky. She's no Madison Rain in terms of commentary. She's, she's, oh, God, she's like, I'm not going to use the term legend, but she's great. She's done, she's served her purpose in professional wrestling. She should not. Oh God! I'm gonna get so. Uh, no one cares about me. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. She she should not be doing commentary ever, ever, ever. Great. Correct. Hit. Ding. She's not very good. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie to you. Tim Storm is the only, and I love Joe Galley. Tim Storm was probably the saving grace of that commentary team on this show. Joe Galley. He was getting very whiny during the main event. Like, when the whole thing went down, he's like, no, 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 no. I was like, come on, dude. And that's probably his role. Like, he, listen, Joe Galli is a great, a great guy. I think, here's what happens. I Tim think Storm saved that entire show. Joe Galli and Tim Storm work very well together. Why they put Velvet Sky in there, I don't know. But I think Joe Galli tries to direct traffic and let her get involved. And I think that hurts the team. And listen, I might not know what the hell I'm talking about, but no, no, you, just, you, no, you make a good point, but it's not, it's not that Joe Galley's bad. It's just that he, I think, is trying to purposely work Velvet Sky in there more. No, Joe Galley's great, fantastic. I can't wait to tell him you hate him. It's gonna be disappointing, oh, Kev. This is gonna be bad. This is not gonna work out well. It's gonna be disappointing. <laughs> well, I spent gonna be, on Twitter telling it's gonna be, it's, I hate him. You I'm told Matt Taven you hate him. I. He said, uh, buy your tickets. I said, I got my pot. I can't wait for Vincent to ruin ruin your night. Yeah, but you that's your that's your angle. You've do, you've been do, that's like your thing. You've been doing this for a while. And I always like shake my head at it, but then I realize that that's what you do. Shaking my head, I'm shaking my head. Like I'm like, oh like Matt just like, they get it. Like you're busting balls. I Yo, we're having a good time. Yeah. Can I can I, I say this? Favorite match of the show? Probably JTG Fred Rosser. Hundred percent. Love that match. I love everything about was... it. The handshake at the beginning, everything. Everything was great. May I ask a question? What do you feel? How would you feel if we got Nick Aldis Cody part three? No. I'm no. in. I'm in. No. In. No. You're done with that, Tony? You want to no. see uh, Nick Aldis? Here's the thing, though. And, and, and Matt, this is why I kind of think. 
don't know where what we are think? here. You said this is what I kind of think. I think that the reason why Trevor Murdoch may not have won this match is for the potential of Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis three. No. Right? Like, would, would Trevor Murdoch, Cody Rhodes sell anything? I don't think so. And to your point, Tony, Trevor's got to start at the bottom again. Yeah, but they, they're filming the season now, so maybe he works his way up by the end of the season. I don't know. I don't want to see Trevor Murdoch challenging him. I don't know. I kind of do. I, I see Trevor Murdoch winning the NWA championship, but not before they do something, if there's any potential for them to do something with Nick Aldis and Cody again. I'm not crazy about it. I just, I don't want them to do something stupid like let Cody win. I can't I mean, see it. I can't see I, it. I don't think they would do that only because Kenny Omega is still the belt collector of AEW. See, this is another reason why I don't want this shit involved, man. I don't want fucking AEW getting involved in the NWA, man. I'm sorry. I don't I, want it. I, I NWA's think, been involved with the a I just, AEW. I don't want it. And I don't think this, they're necessarily super involved. I think they need to have, they're one in one. So I think a rubber match, if you're going to do a live NWA show, with all due respect to Trevor Murdoch, I think, and then Tony, you could run an angle where, like, they're in a, they have a cage match to settle it all. Uh, Nick Aldis and Cody, and Cody's about to climb out, and Trevor Murdoch fucking slams the door on Cody's head, and lets Nick Aldis win because Trevor Murdoch wants another title shot against yeah. Nick Aldis. He doesn't want Cody. Yeah, I'm with Matt. I don't know. I have to, I have to let that play out. I don't know if I like that. Uh, Matt, do you agree that at some point Trevor Murdoch will be the NWA World Champion? Uh. Oh, man. Here's the problem. Oh, boy. Hot take. No, it's just it's so we're right. It's professional wrestling, right? What what have we seen in the past where these people go on these super duper long winning streaks, undefeated streaks? They're champions like Oscar was champion for 500 plus days. Bill Goldberg was undefeated forever. Like there's no right way to end this. Nick Aldis has been the NWA world champion for over a thousand days. Right. You count the pandemic, whatever you want to do. Whoever takes it off of him is a made man. And then you, you're kind of stuck, right? If you take it off of Nick Aldis and put it on Trevor Murdoch and it doesn't catch, people aren't invested in it, like, that's going to hurt the product. Well, All right. So let me ask you this then. If you don't think it's time to take it off Nick Aldis at all? I don't know. Who is – I mean – Trevor. Here, here's the problem. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like what Quiri said. God, I, I, That's I, right. It's so weird. <laughs> what did he say? He said a lot of things. He said, what if Trevor Murdoch wins? Like, where do you go from there? And that's the thing that you have to be concerned about. Like, what does, what's the future for Trevor Murdoch? Does it become a, um, a Tommy Rich situation or a Kerry Von Erich situation where he loses it again in a week? I you thought you meant you were blowing a uh, fucking Barnett. Huh. He's such a handsome boy. Hmm. Oh, boy. Look at that boy. Oh. But no, I, I, you're absolutely right. Now, I think the flip side of it is we've saw, we saw a new influx of talent at the pay-per-view. Um, we got new tag teams. We got JTG. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think Sam Rudos, Sam Adonis, whatever you want to call him, is going to be there to be a tag team guy. I know the whole. Luke and PJ were there for the tapings. Oof, it. Luke and PJ wrestled Sal and Tim Storm, and Sal and Tim Storm had a little fucking 
like fucking tete-a-tete between each other. Because Tim Storm hits the perfect storm and then Renaro just comes in and counts the pin and Tim's like, what the fuck was that? And Sal's just like, hey, we won, he won. And Tim's like, all right, we won. But Tim was a little pissed off at Sal Renaro, so maybe there's a little something happening there. You know what yes. else I liked? You know what else I liked? Remember when Tim Storm got his title match against Nick Aldis at the very beginning of Power? And the whole caveat was, if he lost, he wasn't going to get the challenge again. Do you remember in that match, he gave him the fucking nut shot? Yeah. When the ref wasn't looking? And fucking, when Trevor Murdoch hit Aldis with the chair, Tim's like, you got to go for it. I have no problem with that. Huh? Even Tim knows in a big match situation, it's okay to do a little twisty twisty. Sure, you got to look. And I'm I'm gonna tr- tr- transition over into Ring of Honor. Me and Kevin watched uh, this week's episode. Josh Woods, Silas Young, pure rules match. You get one closed fist. Josh Woods picked his opportunity to use that closed fist, and it changed the whole momentum of the match in his favor. And Silas snuck one in there without the ref even seeing it. Silas, dirty, dirty son of a bitch. Oh, Dude, oh. I didn't know that pure rules meant that you only get a certain amount of rope breaks. Maybe I did and forgot. But like, I lo- Matt, I love that match. Loved, loved it. It was awesome. They told a great story. Dude, it was incredible. Fantastic. It was excellent. It was excellent. Another excellent episode of Ring of Honor. And uh, Kevin, I don't know how you feel. Those Brian Johnson promos, he's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Kind of torn on him right now. Oh, he's fantastic. I love it. No, listen, the passion's there. The fire's there. The talent is there. It's just like, is he believable? I, I'm not. Listen, I'm right there, and but I'm just not quite there yet on him. I'm just, I'm right. I'm like, I'm right on the cusp, Matt. Right on the cusp, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on Brian Johnson. Well, he gets his match with Sledge on week by week tomorrow. So, oh, that was a great promo by calling the metal meatball. That was a, yeah. that was pretty. That was pretty good. All right. All right, so I'm sold on him. Brian Johnson's good. I like Brian Johnson a bit. I'm there. And LSG fuck. said he's going to be in the pure division too, by the way. Yes, he beat Joe Keyes. He's, he's ready to go. Joe Keyes the fucking longest fucking walk to the ring guy ever. Dang. Hate Joe Keyes. Wow. I don't hate him. I'm just, I'm just annoyed. Yeah, I mean, I can see he's got to hate it. Did you just throw up in your mouth? What did you do over there? Who, me? Yeah. I had a hair on my fucking phone. I was blowing it off. I'm sorry that I fucking distracted you. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry we're distracting you. Matt, Flamita and uh, and uh, Horace Hogan, banger of a match. But I think the, the, the real talk is about uh, Silas and Joshua. Dude, I've never seen that submission before, ever. Unless he's been doing it. Like, that, that, that. Like leg lock, whatever the heck you want to call it, figure reverse four ski maneuver was incredible. And the fact that Silas had no more rope breaks left That's made it. it even better. Yeah, they do a good job. I like the pure division because they work in these storylines where, like, you know, they, they weren't used, they, they extended the time, the half an hour. Uh, not, neither of them had used a rope break in like the first 15 minutes. Like it was really well done yeah. uh, and let these guys shine. So, uh, and then Josh Wood shakes his hand afterwards, even though Silas is a piece of shit, Josh Wood still, still with the handshake. Yep. And Silas gave him his little, uh, 
you know, I see you little tapping and just walked out. Uh, dude, incredible. Ah, this was a great episode of Ring of Honor. And even the in, in between promos with Brian Johnson and, and uh, who's what's the girl's name that hosts it? Quinn McKay. Quinn McKay. She does a great job too. Yeah, Quinn's so, fantastic. Yeah. I'm bit, cool. I got a big I got a big thing for her. Quinn is very animated too when she talks. Like everything's with her hands and they yeah. go like this, they go like this, and like this. Got to, man. She's adorable. She's Kevin, you gotta compete with Dak Draper for that, buddy. She's fucking tough as shit too. I told I told fucking uh Kiwi that I was on steroids, so he knows. All right. Ah, Dak Draper. Fucking Kiwi. Oh yeah. Kevin's Two weeks in. Cycle. Look out. Cycling, baby. What? How'd you do? Um, I didn't oh. watch AEW yet, but uh, I didn't I watch AEW Andrade, either. Andrade showed up. How do you guys feel about that? And they stick him with Vicky Guerrero. That's perfect. No, it's not. Nyla Rose is with Vicky Guerrero. She's done fuck all. All right, Tony. Come so on. you want come, so come you, with the heat, baby? You want what the hottest free agent allegedly in wrestling is, and you stick him with? Excuse me. Fuck off. Doesn't it make sense, no! though? No! Why? Because they're because they're both Hispanic, Spanish, Yes. Whatever. No! Why? Sometimes gotta, that's okay. They all got to stick together. Maybe Santana and Ortiz will join them, too. They could no, all be Spanish no, buddies. No, no. See, you're, you're Maybe they could it. hit each other with chancletas, too, Kev. Did you did Should you I get out some sombreros did you watch, and some fucking nachos, did you, too? Did you watch the promo? Yes, did you I did. Watch it? it was fucking stupid. Mark Henry, get the fuck out of here. Excuse me! Ah! All right. Fuck that shit. All right, that's pretty funny. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> but it and Mark kind of, Henry's like, me, oh, just, I better get the fuck out of here. Vicky Guerrero's going to hit me. All right, so maybe it's this nostalgia jerk in me, but to me, it's just like, it's like Vicky and Eddie to me, and that's why I think, oh, I think that's what they're on, going dude. for. No. Why I do they need so. to, why do I they think... need, but why do they need to go to something like that? Like, what's the purpose? Because I think it works. You might disagree. I think it works. I think it's a Matt? mistake. I think I think if Andrade El Diario is as big of a star as you say he is, you don't stick him with somebody like Vicky Guerrero. Now, if they would have brought in, say, maybe uh, Tia Trinidad or whatever the fuck her name is, maybe that would have made some more sense. Wait, have wait, the, have wait, the, wait, 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 wait. You think Thea Trinidad being with Vicky Guerrero makes more sense than Andrade with Vicky Guerrero? No, strike that. The other two. Take Vicky Guerrero out of the picture. No, oh, well, Thea Trinidad is back with WWE, isn't she? I don't know. Is she? Who the fuck yeah, knows, Kev? They've, the they've been firing Matt, everybody. I, I need to hear Matt's take on this. Maybe they should put him with Buddy Murphy, and they could be like the Buddy Idols or something. <laughs> the Varsity Buddies. They could come out to Rebel Yell, because it sounds like Billy Idol. Like, oh, Rebel Yell. <laughs> A-W Buy some more pick, music, you fucking idiot. Yeah, AW can pirate more 80s theme songs. Oh, fucking terrible. Oh, Every, fucking terrible. Wait, what did everybody fall for? I fucking made up some shit about somebody's theme music, and everybody in the Discord lost their minds because I was fucking making fun of it. Wait, what was it? I forgot. <laughs> I need to know. Matt? I have no idea. Fuck, I'm an idiot. I should have fucking... Was it a there. breakfast club theme, or was it, like, someone holding a boombox outside of a no. window? Was it that song? Oh, fuck, I have to find it now. In I... your eyes? In your eyes? Was it in your eyes? It was in your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> sounds like your problem, not mine. Yeah, it sounds like a Helen Funk's problem. Holy <laughs> shit. It's Helen Funk. All right, Matt, thoughts? <laughs> I, thought, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. 
to put him with Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, I, it is. Here's the problem, right? To Kevin's point, like Andrade is very much in the same category as dare I say Eddie Guerrero. I don't know if he'll ever live up to Eddie Guerrero's legacy, but it worked. Look, we know the AEW women's division is dog shit. So putting Vicky Guerrero with Nyla Rose, I don't know why. I don't know if it ever started. I don't know what the purpose was, but it clearly was a, is a fail dozer. Yep. So maybe this is Vicky and Andrade going to them and say, let me be Andrade's manager and let's see what we can do with this. People. She's an annoying fucking mouthpiece. He's going to be over with the fans because they know what he can do in the ring. And what a better way to get people to boo him than have her come out and go, excuse me, and be a fucking cunt. Yep. Is that being a cunt? I mean, she's a fucking annoying. Look, whatever. You want to say a cunt, a Karen, whatever. She's fucking annoying. And she's cunty, so she's a cunt, yes. I don't yeah. I don't see her as cunty. I just see her as like, a, like an annoying shrill at this point. Right now she's not, but as this program progresses and this grows, she's going to be cunty. Mark my words. Or, and and he, like here's the other thing. She's going to be cunty. As great as Andrade is, and he doesn't necessarily need the rub, but let's be honest, like Vicky Guerrero, she can give you, she can give a guy the rub. I found uh, like the, those ladies in Japan, huh? I found I found the theme song, by the way. Oh, it was for Anthony Agogo. Wake me up before you. <laughs> Wake me up before you go. <laughs> I knew it was a good one. <laughs> Do the jitterbug. Jitterbug. Boom. Boom. Could you imagine this dumbass dressed that Family Guy episode? Fucking dressed up like Pip or Tiny Tim, fucking coming out doing the snappings and shit. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm funny. You are, this, Tony. You're you're hitting on all cylinders tonight, my man. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm doing the jitterbug and shit. <laughs> you are. You know what? That's what we're gonna call you. You're a jitterbug. Fuck That's yeah, a dude. I'm gonna change my fucking name on here. Hold on a second. T Donk to jitterbug. Stop. Please, if you're in the Discord, stop changing your fucking names. Dude. Why? Because I don't know who anybody is anymore. Isn't that fucking sad? How many people are in the Discord? A, a lot. lot. A lot, hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot. Jesus. We got a good, a good amount of people in there, and everyone. Cha- I think Scott Drinkmore changed his name. He always does. Oh, I can't keep track. I'm an idiot. I can't keep track. No, nah, it's not your fault. Not on Discord all day. I don't have fucking time. I think I think we can lock that up where people can't change their names. For... Oh my god, it confuses the shit out of me. I don't know what's Call going me. on. I'm you old. can't you can't block people from changing who they are. No, this is true. <laughs> oh Jesus, it's salt and boca for Matt. Hey, I like that. Nice All right, salt so ring, boca. ring of honor. No, we're done with Ring of Honor. Can we keep moving? Come on. I want to yes. end the show. Jesus. Let's keep oh. moving. Oh, that, I was just trying to bring a, a point back to it. Uh, so Kevin's buddy is still is going to get more murdered than he was before. He's a fucking idiot. I'll tell you what. This is the best thing he's ever done in his whole fucking career. No, it's Look not. It's it. the dumbest Look thing at, he's ever done. Look at everyone. Look at everyone. What? Is it, what? Do you have a bear on your hat? What is that? What are you pointing at? That's Matt Cardona. It's a Matt Cardona hat. <laughs> You could have fucking put a piece of shit on your fucking lip, and I would have said, oh, that's a Matt Cardona hat, too. I assume that's who you were talking about. Yes, that's what we were talking about. It is. The best thing he's ever done. It's his best work. 
Yeah, great. Starting a feud with somebody who literally wants to murder people when they're in the ring with him. You're, first of all, you're an idiot if you think Nick Gage really wants to murder people. He it's almost just... murdered fucking David Arquette. Are you kidding me? Because David Arquette moved, and that's why he got stabbed in the neck. And David really? Arquette wants to get real, and Nick Gage had to put him in check, okay? You can't complain about Nick Gage putting people in check and be like, oh, New Jack, four justifiable homicides. It's okay that he fucking beat everybody up in the ring because he's dead now. He doesn't said, work that way. He said he had a deal not to cut fucking David Arquette, and he changed his mind in the middle of the match all right so you fucking listen to the professional wrestler and don't get all twitchy and movie and don't fucking try and shoot on him or even better wait 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 david arquette tried to shoot on nick gage yes. <laughs> have you ever seen the video where he fucking gets real and trust starts throwing bombs at him <sighs> whatever gets you to bed at night dude Whatever. Know, whatever's on the ID channel, if I'm in my chair, I'm yeah, out. Okay. Well, this is this is up your alley. You watch fucking murder shows anyway, so there you go. SummerSlam 1998 or 1988 for me last night. Actually. That pay per view murdered actually, Kev. Great pay per view. Of course it was. Abu, Abu, fuck off. Burping. <laughs> First so Bulldogs what? and the Rujos. Longest opener ever. Oh, yeah, Jesus. and it ended in a draw. Did Oof. you burp up something into your mouth? Oh, I'm burping like crazy. Matt hesitated for like a good three seconds there after he burped. Yeah, because you're like all like fucking Captain Literal Man over there about fucking Nick Gage. Fuck Nick Gage. Wow. Wow. Kevin will oh, be boy. at Boardwalk Buds June 26th through 28th. Yeah. Come at me, Nick Gage. <laughs> wow. You going to call out the GCW fans too? No, I like, I like GCW. But he said fuck all the GCW fans too, Matt Cardona did. God he damn should. Right he Fuck him. I think like Strowman just fell off my wall. I think it was fantastic. That's okay. He's not looking for a job anyway. Uh, <laughs> He's a main man. I thought it was great. He fucking showed up. He he mimicked fucking Moxley. Great. People were going fucking nuts thinking it was Moxley. And then for it to be uh, fucking Matt Cardona. Home run. Fucking Yo, great job. I got into a very heated debate with our dear good friend, Kate, the great about how I think Matt Cardona is GCW's John Cena. Now. How? Because. Me, Does he battle rap and throw D's nuts at people? Because they just, they, he's, he's, he's so polarizing and so hated that, like, despite how good he might be or might not be, you're going to hate him regardless. Yeah, you're taking him. you're taking the face of GCW. All right, so this is what Kate kind of said. Go ahead. The 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 man that represent his fucking followers are murder, death, kill. Yeah, I get. Yeah, that's. And yeah. you're taking the the dude that collect and look, I collect action figures too. The dude that is known as the Michael Jordan of action exactly. collecting, and you're you're having him openly mock Nick Gage and make the MDK T-shirts. Like, it's a wonder. Look, it's a wonderful job, but I think this is like, this might see July, and that's it. Like, I don't think Nick, or I don't think like, I don't think Matt Cardona's going in there. I don't think he's winning the fucking GC. I think this is like Matt Cardona getting a payday that benefits everybody, which is not a bad thing. It's got the internet's buzzing. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's excellent. It's he's, excellent. I don't follow. He's GCW. everything that GCW is that doesn't stand for. He's like the, he's like the anti GCW. Right. 
And I think that's what John Cena was with WWE for a long time with the hardcore fans. I mean, I guess I get the comparison, but I don't think like when I think when someone says like this is the John Cena of something, I think that means he's just going to come on, come in and roll over everybody and be the champ forever. Yeah, no, I I see. I see that, too. And I'm not trying to compare them on the same level. Macadona is not on the John Cena level and John and Macadona is not going to go beat everybody. But he is just what everyone in GCW would li- literally hate the most. He's that guy. And that's why it got so over and so huge. And he got booed at. And like, it, it could be like John, you know what it is? John Cena, one night stand against RVD. If Cardona wins, we riot. If John Cena wins, we riot. Like, it's like that kind of atmosphere. It's me. No, I think it's I think it's you know, he is the anti GCW guy. He's the toy collector. And then he comes in there and he fucking beats up their champion, and tells them all to go fuck themselves. Uh, and then he cuts that promo that they shot when of him walking out of the casino. I didn't see that yet. Is that good? Yeah, it's real good. It's real good. And uh yeah, they're have they're he's challenging Nick Gage at the July show in uh I guess I don't know where is it? Atlanta the Showboat, I think. It's the same place I'll be at this uh in, in two weeks. For a different company. I think it's good <laughs> stuff. Ah, dude, I love it. I absolutely like and I knew it like I just didn't know how we got to this point, but I did, in the back of my mind, like you always know it's like a fucking work, right? You always know. But Sometimes you don't, and they did, and they did it right. Um, and you ordered the replay just to see that one spot over and over again, even though it's free on that. I don't even know if I ordered the replay. Don't I could have? I have to check my bank account. I really don't know. You didn't order it on my fight account, did you? No, I would never have done that. If I did, I'll PayPal you the money right now. Great, I got crowbar match. Crowbar was on the show. The JCW you know. After Dark. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I ordered the replay. Oh, all right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I maybe I did, Matt. I don't know. I yeah, uh, like I said yesterday, got away from me. Did I? Yeah, you put it out on the Facebook. That's why I said I'm embarrassed. What for ordering the replay? Yeah, to see something that was free and all over the internet. You oh, maybe I wanted to support GCW. <sighs> he doesn't. You're not gonna if you're when you decide to support wrestling, you're not gonna start with GCW. Well, listen, we we dropped three hundred bucks for a freaking ad for two seconds on their show. No, we were mentioned like twelve times. Okay. With no graphics to go with it. It was just my voice over a black background. A lot of Look, things a lot of things change in ten years. <laughs> Forever. Forever. Sometimes you're gonna strike out. I don't know what to tell you. A boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! To tell you. All right, what else we got? Come on, let's let's. Aurelian right. Smith, a real piece of shit, huh? What? Grizzly Who? Smith, oh. Aurelian Smith. Grizzly Smith, yes. Did you? I thought you said Aurelian. Yeah, that's yeah. his name. That's Jake. Jake is Aurelian Junior. Nobody calls him Aurelian. Yeah, because his nickname, because his name was Grizzly. Aurelian, it's like Aurelian days. <laughs> All right, Rock and Rob. How's how about that Rock and Robin? Can can How's I put it out there? What? She's a fucking smoke show. Excuse me. <sighs> She's a fucking what? cougar, bro. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I like it. All right. All right, Matt, let me offer you this. Vicky Guerrero, Robin Quiver. Oh, Robin Quivers, Jesus. <laughs> I'll take Robin, Robin Quivers. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, you'd like Florentine's leftovers, right? Didn't she date Florentine? Robin Quivers? Yeah. You're talking about the, host of, the co-host of Howard Stern? Yeah. Which comedian? She dated Jim Florentine for a while, didn't she? I don't know. Come on, Matt. You know this. You're a Florentine guy. What? I've worked with Florentine a bunch. I've... No. Do you put ketchup on your fries? Uh, ah, Jim Florentine here. Sounds like a guy that hasn't... Yeah, Jim Florentine dated Robin Quivers. There you go. There's pictures... Yeah, they're all over the place. Uh, I would I would say Vicky Guerrero. They dated for almost a year, 2007, 2008. There you go. Just, just putting it out there, Vicky Guerrero. You want to know why? Because her father probably never fucked her. Oh, all right, that's a great point, actually. You want that baggage? You want to deal with that shit? I'm not talking about marrying her, Jesus. I'm not talking about marrying her either, but she might be She might be a Klingon, bro. Klingon? <laughs> she's, she's a character from Star Trek. A Klingon near Uranus. <laughs> she has her own language. Holy shit, but, uh, dude. She definitely has daddy issues, so you know you hit it right once. It's You, you never know. I mean, go Yeah, but she never tried to kill herself in a jail cell. No, but we're all, that was Sam Houston. The whole family was a disaster. I didn't watch it. I can't watch it. That's too depressing for me. I mean, it's Dark Side of the Ring. It's supposed to be depressing. I get it, but it's like you can deal with like the Road Warriors. You can deal with like even Owen Hart, but I, I can't watch it like that. You know what I mean? Lives yeah, are gonna so. be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Matt, before uh, before I forget, I want to talk about Impact. Josh Alexander, TJP, Iron Man match, incredible. Watch it. Uh, rivals the Silas Young, uh, Josh Woods match as match of the week. How, how long was it? An hour? It was an hour. Hour right. and change because they gonna, went to overtime. I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to check that out. I haven't watched Impact in a while. It was uh, this week, right? What who? What's that? Was it Turning Point is this week? Turning Point. No, uh, Against All Odds. Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, I wonder if they're going to get the Phil Collins music. <laughs> Why'd you ask, Matt, if you're just going to say whatever after it? No, oh, uh, I knew there was a show this weekend. <laughs> Turning Point. point. Turning Point. Uh, yeah, Against All Odds this weekend. I watched, uh, actually, the, the, most of the Iron Man match was on before the Impact, which is the pre-show. To impact, well. which, is, which is on uh, Access TV, so it was like an hour of the first match, uh, hour of the match on the on BTI, and then uh, then like five or six minutes was actually that kicked off the Impact Wrestling. So it was great, incredible match. Shout out, uh, Kevin. What are you What are you doing for your birthday? I will be in Baltimore. Nice. Um, it, like I said, I'm doing the. I'll be at the major pod on Friday, and then Saturday night is my birthday, and I will probably, most likely, be going to Jeff Jarrett's podcast. So we'll see. Ooh, you're gonna be at the Crab Shack or whatever it's called. Yeah, Jimmy's. Uh, yeah, Jimmy's seafood Ooh. house. Ooh, make sure you eat them prawns with them fucking blades in their heads. You are gonna shit your pants. Dude. I really am. It's fucking bad. I see you. You keep lifting and you're shuffling. Every day I'm shuffling. <laughs> 
I just want to play Jive Soul Bro behind you right now. Who, me? You're moving like slick. Brother! Uh, VSK is joining us next week, right? For definite, for sure? Yes. For funsies? Confirmed. He put it in his calendar. He actually literally told me I'm putting it in my calendar right now. He apologized uh, for not being able to make it tonight. He's got some big shoes to fill next week. What do you mean? It's going to be tough to follow Alan Funk on the show. Imagine if we had VSK booked tonight. He would have just joined us. (laughs) He would have been... It would have been... me, Matt, Tony, and VSK. It would have been but one no, of those VS- episodes. Hey, Matt. Ma- Matt's calling VSK right now. Who the fuck is he? Is he calling the pizza? He's calling the pizzeria. Are you calling the pizzeria? He's whispering. What's happening? No, hi, he's hi, probably muted himself. Hi, sweetie. I love you so much. Can you can you tell uh can you tell Peyton Manning to come over and give me a handy? Oh man, he, my grabbed, balls. he grabbed so many balls over his career. What's two more hairy ones for him? I bet he's on. You know who I bet he's on the phone with? I bet he's on the phone with Matt Cardona to fucking yeah. one up me. Yeah, like that. So you could, over overstep my. You're gonna let Nick Gage stab you, right? Yeah, that'd be really fucking cool. Oh my god, that'd I be guarantee so awesome. you he's on the phone with Matt Cardona. No, it's fucking. It, he called his wife to get a Peyton Manning. I didn't autograph. call my wife. My wife called me. Oh, wow. sorry. I picked the wrong person to dial the digits or press fucking call. Whoop de doo. Hey Matt, I'm gonna give you the pleasure. We have, we didn't even mention it at the top of the show because we got right in with Alan Funk who called early. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Big announcement. Big announcement. Big announcement for July 12th. You want to let the people know what's happening July 12th, or do you want to save it for next week? No, let's I'll do it. Be, uh, I'll be on my way back from Baltimore. Ring of Honor's best in the world. I'll be chock full of seafood. Uh, I might have diarrhea. Nice. That's right. The pa- Perfect bathroom for it. Really, like, I have to. That Sunday, we're doing it all. We're going down real early. We're catching an Orioles game. Then we're going to do the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Then we're going to Jimmy's Seafood. It's a marathon. I cannot, cannot get shit-faced before the pay-per-view. You can't. Cannot. No, no. I cannot. I there's no recovering from that. And you're staying over, right? We are staying over. Yes. All right. I'm gonna. I think. I'm, you know what, Matt? I think I might. Uh, I think I might hijack this little trip ski. Oh, a hijacking. This will be an interesting conversation to have uh, in the. Oh, I'll figure it out. Just... Oh no, I'm not against it. Hijack. But when I return from my Ring of Honor Best in the World pay per view trip, uh. And I settle into my seat on July 12th to talk about it with you two. Hopefully you guys watch this show that I go to this time and like the last time when I walked out in the middle of the show. Um, It won't be on Zoom. And it won't be from the comforts of Studio B. Uh, It'll be back on the mean streets of North Arlington. In Studio A, we are returning live Together for the first time since, fuck all, the end of February, the beginning of March. I don't even know when the last time we were all in the same room together. Correct. Well over, well over 16 months, probably, right? 15, ah, 14 motherfucker, months. Motherfucker, yeah! Hell yeah! The last time we saw each other, the three of us was on Tony's front stoop when we exchanged Christmas gifts. Please. Fucking whore. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> Wait, what? Man? Wait, what? Tony, you really just like overshadowed like the biggest story that what was that? What was that drop again? Fucking whore. Who is that? Is that Matt? It's Matt. <laughs> Matt was pissed off at the fucking Skype lady one night. 
That sounded just like a, a, like a male. Like that's how a male Skype person would sound. Please. Fucking whore. <laughs> that like that's a that's a guy Skype. Holy shit! So July twelfth, we're back in studio. Studio A. I'm not booking any guests. It's just gonna yes. be me, Tony, and Kevin. Yes. 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 Get some yes, maybe yes. some uh, <gasps> some sponsored uh some sponsored items. A little birdie told me. Sponsored items. Little uh, Celsius, I heard. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely be having some adult beverages. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. All right. Uh, I know. I have no idea. So you'll have to tell me. <laughs> text me. When no, we're... you know. It's elementary, sir. That's right. Ah! Ah, yes. Yes. Look, it's been. Upta. Yes, upta. All right, can we end the show, please? Yes, let's go. Jeez. I love you guys so much. Next week, uh, NXT picks next week. Uh, hopefully, with all due respect to VSK, he's not on the show for two hours. Special thanks to Alan Funk. Uh, be sure to uh, follow him. Check out his podcast. If you think the shit he did with us tonight is wild, and I can't wait to go back and listen. I can only imagine. What? Look, he just had fucking Molly Holly on his show. What are they talking about? That's true. What is he going to talk about with Barty, Buddy Lee Parker? And if he can get Chuck Palumbo on the show, that's a fucking home run. He's he already probably, had Chuck Palumbo on the show. Oh, on he's our show. Probably oh, on not our gonna, show. He's probably not going to talk about much of what we talked about. Yo, that was like my first question. I was like, dude, now that you have your own show, are you going to stop dishing like to other podcasts? And oh, no. He was, he like, was no, I'm going to talk for two hours. Serving up the hot plates. <laughs> yeah. I heard that's about when it cut off. What? When I was listening, when Kevin oh. was like, uh, no, Tony, you don't have to add Tony. You know what? I don't think Tony has to edit out uh, Mr. Funk's uh, profanities. Mm. He had some profanities. He said, look, it was we didn't. He said him himself. <sighs> we, we could talk about this off air. Yeah. That's what Some I'm going to say, folks. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, July 12th, we will be back in Studio A. What are you playing some music? I'm gonna promote some. I got a. I got a plug. Oh, this is such a good tune. I know. I can't wait for a go-go to start coming out to it. Uh, this Wednesday night, I will be at the Oak Barrel Pub Comedy headlining Oak Barrel Pub in West Orange, June 25th and 27th, Atlantic City Boardwalk Buds at the Showboat. Uh, if you're in Baltimore, hey. Come see me in Baltimore this weekend. I'll be there all freaking weekend. Uh, and that's it for me. Wake me up before you go, go. I'm going to shit my pants if we don't end the show. Best thing you've ever done. Oh, we'll be back next week. Uh, with VSK. That's right, baby. <sighs> Say goodnight, Gracie. Gotcha. Bitch. I'm going to fucking kill you, Tony. Love you too, Kev. Fucking gonna make crazy bullshit. That's a great song. Come on, fade it already, for God's sakes. <laughs> Shut up, Tony. Just fucking stop the recording. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for you to fade it out. Okay, there we go.